Joby here, and this is the Overit Podcast. This is Series Two, Episode Two, and I'm today with my good friend Billy. Uh, this man has absolutely transformed my life in just a short period of time. Um, he's an amazing healer. Um, he's been through a lot himself, and it really is um, a pleasure for me to be able to sit here and do this interview because his story is very powerful and very inspiring. So I hope our intention is for you to hopefully. Here's something in this video that can inspire you, help you overcome mental health, anxiety, trauma, pain, whatever it may be. Um, and or if you're looking to enhance your life, um, I'm sure Billy's story is going to um, inspire you in some way. So, Billy, for those of you who don't know you, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about uh, your background um, and how you've become to now being a, a very powerful healer. Okay. Um, the best place to start, I suppose, is at the beginning. Um, so if I just give a, a brief overview of my life uh, from as, as far back as I can remember. Um, so I grew up in, uh, well, I was born in, in Harlow, Essex. Um, and initially, uh, it was me and my mother um, for the first couple of years of life. Um, then uh, my, my stepfather came into my life when I was around two years old. Uh, my brother was then born when I was around three and a half. Um, so for me, I've had to go back and really, really uh, analyze each individual part of my life from the perspective of the child. Um, the way that I view my, my life in the past now is, is completely different. Uh, it's a different, completely different perception to, to which I held as a child. So it's uh, very important to go back and really connect to how the world looked through a child's eyes. Um, so some of the uh, scenarios that I'm going to describe now on the surface don't appear to be traumatic, um, but I've discovered otherwise through through my process. So. Um, as I as I mentioned, it was me and my mother and, and my stepfather come into my life at, at two years old. And so I, 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 I identified that as a traumatic tra- traumatic event in my life because as a as a newborn baby growing up, I was familiar only with my mother. And so that uh, new male energy coming into my life at such an early point, um, it, 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 it took away... Uh, the attention of my mother, so to speak, not fully, but you know, took uh, some of that attention away from me. Um, and, and moving a little bit further down the line, my brother comes in, and again, it's a, it's another. Although it's beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful things are happening. But from a, from the child's view, from 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 the, the little Billy's point of view, these were traumatic experiences, you know. So then my brother is born, and again, it's less less of the spotlight for me. Um, and I. Grew up around a, a party in, in a in a party environment. There was a lot of drinking and and, and, and drug taking and and, uh, and all of that sort of stuff going on. And that wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't know any different. We grew up in that environment, and that's that's the way things were. Um, so that, you know, growing up in that environment in that in in that type of energy, it, it did later on affect me. But we'll come to that. A little bit later in the story, um, yeah. So then I found uh, like a safe place around then and granddad's house, 
uh, excuse me, and me and my granddad would would spend a lot of quality time together, and uh, it was it was a place where I got one hundred percent attention. So it was safe, a safe, a, a safe, exactly that, exactly that, and uh, moving moving along along a little bit. Um, when I was around eight years old, I asked a question to my mother, why, why have I got brown eyes and everybody else in the family has blue? And, and my mother told me that, that Michael wasn't my real father. So again, yeah, of course. Um, and from that, you know, uh, perceiving that from a child's eyes, it was a devastating blow, you know? And, and I was already feeling kind of separate anyway. And, and that was sort of confirmation of how I felt. Um, so it was a tough time. And then, and then a year or two later, my granddad passed away. So within the space of two years, there was two, two major. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we're all going to experience this type of stuff. This isn't, it's not a horror story, so to speak, but these are huge events taking place in a young boy's life. Um, and these, these, uh, events are shaping my idea on my view on reality so these these are uh traumatic scenarios uh that are transforming the way that i see the world so um i remember being 11 or 12 and, and being quite quite depressed and quite sick um met my real father and again i had these huge expectations of this man being you know everything that you would dream of in terms of a father figure and all the rest of that yeah and that was uh, again quite a disappointing encounter um again just just it, it just didn't meet my expectations you know and uh and i'm sort of skipping through it a little bit it's a quite a long and intricate story but i'm going to touch upon the points which which i see that are most relevant and that uh, the audience are going to be able to connect to mostly so going into senior school, I was a skateboarder growing up. And so I had long hair, baggy jeans and all the rest of it. And that, I, I believe the word for that then was uh, Grebo. Yeah, so going into, going into school, um, I was already pretty shaken up anyway for, for the reasons I just mentioned. Um, and, you know, a load of other stuff in between. Um, terrified of what people thought of me. Um, I remember being in school and it was it was a really daunting and scary experience um and uh and just not having any any uh just completely being lost in it not knowing why i felt the way that i felt um too young to even be at a place of exploring uh emotions and and and, and seeing the connection between these things that had happened and the reasons why i was feeling how i was feeling etc etc so going into school um, a scary, a scary uh, place that was for me. Um, I think in year seven, I used to play the trumpet as well. So I, you know, I would, I would walk into school with a trumpet box, and that obviously. I imagine you playing the trumpet. I wasn't very good at it. I wasn't very good at it, but I tried anyway. And and I was a really keen. I was really keen to learn when I when I went to school. You know, I wanted to learn. I wanted to be involved in everything and um, some things. I quickly decided not to pursue, i.e. the, the trumpet playing. Yeah. But yeah, it was a it was a scary time. So the first couple of years, I I, I wanted to be involved in in all of the classes and, and wanted to work hard. And, and that that also, you know, that didn't make me. You know, that wasn't. Uh, I didn't get the acceptance that I wanted being that type of person. You know, because 
the guys that wanted to get on at school. Not the cool, the cool kids. They weren't the cool dudes, were they? So um, again, it was another another kind of blow to my idea of who I was and what I was and what I wanted because that wasn't fitting in with the, the status quo, you know. So um, a very confusing time, and 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 of course looking for some sort of acceptance, wanting to be liked by by the most popular friend, like you know the most popular guys in school and whatever. So slowly you start to uh, reshape yourself or adapt to these new surroundings and start making the changes. So of course the long hair disappeared. My my clothing started to change gradually from you know baggy jeans to Nike track suits and all the rest of it and Patrick Cox shoes at school yeah, yeah. and all of that carry on. Yeah, I had them as well. <laughs> yeah, they were quite cool. They were quite cool. Um, yeah, and and um, so we started. Uh, you know, people used to smoke joints around the back of the bin sheds and all that sort of always, stuff. It's always around the back of the bin shed, right? <laughs> yeah, and I was always against. I was against all of that stuff. Yeah. I didn't want to smoke. I didn't want to take drugs, and and uh, that started to change. And so that I met a guy called uh, Robert, who was friends with some guy that I'd known since I was a toddler, and and slowly started to mingle in with this friend circle. Got a girlfriend that I was beside with, and. All of the rest of it, and and slowly before we knew it, I was out with them at the weekend down the underpass, drinking, rolling round in the bush, completely drunk and whatever else, and smoking weed and just you know throwing whiteies and all of that you know That's young right. teenage school stuff, you know, and um, yeah, and then at some point um, we was allowed to to smoke at my house. Um, which was good for me because it's it suddenly made me quite popular. I bet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got the whole smoking man job. Yeah, everyone loved you. Yeah, of yeah. course, exactly that. And 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 before you knew it, and then you know we we didn't have much growing up in terms of in terms of money and stuff. And so some of my friends had motocross bikes and this that and the other, and I wanted all that stuff. Um, so I mean, I used to get ten pound pocket money or whatever that was never going to buy me a motocross bike or whatever else, you know. So I, I started selling some some hash um, at around 12, 12 years old. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah, and then I'd have the friends round, and it quite it escalated quite quickly. I'd end up with queues of people at the door on a Friday night, and my parents <laughs> twelve years of life. My parents would be going berserk, <laughs> and I was now telling them to, to piss off and, and all the rest of it, you know, and. It, and, and don't get yeah, and don't get me wrong. We had some fantastic times. It was it's hilarious, you know. We'd go out and do a paper round and get stoned on our beer mixes <laughs> and all of that stuff. But it was it was okay. And it's only looking back now as an adult do I see the the uh, the error in 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 my ways and and and, and all the rest of it. But it, it hindsight's a wonderful thing. Oh, of course, would have could have should have right. Yeah, <laughs> could have done yeah. things differently. Yeah. yeah. So what happens next? So. Yeah, so I mean, by the time I'm 13 or 14, I'm absolutely rebellion at school now. I'm very, very aggressive. I hate everything and everyone. Um, I'm throwing chairs in the classroom. Um, teachers can F off, all the rest of it. I'm, I'm completely rebelling and going a little bit crazy. The, the teachers are, are pretty worried about the decline in my mental health, you know, because it's gone from being a quite a, a, a student who wants to learn to an absolute rebel um, very quickly. And of course, now I'm making sufficient money from my <laughs> from my drug dealing activities <laughs> that I, I'm in the belief that I don't need to ever go to school again. You know, so that's so it's quite 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 funny in some ways. Um, and and by the time I'm 13 or 14, I'm getting picked up by this 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 guy, 
obviously no names involved. And, and we're driving into Chinatown in London and we're filling the car up with sacks of weed and driving home at one o'clock in the morning. And I'm uh, 13, 14 years old, you know, with bundles <laughs> of this, this weed in my house. And, and, and now, yeah. I'm, now I'm distributing cannabis on quite a large scale, considering I'm four and a half foot and, and seven stone. And, um, you know, Brilliant. yeah, did not give, did not give a shit, did not give a shit. And, um, yeah, and it, and it just went from there, really. So before you knew it, things, you know, one thing led to another and this, this, this has sort of gone a little bit out of control. And, um, around 15 years old, took my first line of cocaine. Um, I remember being, it, it being offered to me and me taking it and, and the euphoria that come from that. It, it was the moment where I, you know, believed that I found what I'd been searching for my whole life. I could, <sighs> yeah, I could speak. I, you know, I remember having a girlfriend, confidence, yeah. confidence. I felt strong and powerful. It gave me uh, everything that I didn't have. It was an illusion, of course, but oh, it- for, for a short period of time. Yeah. Because we all know how bad yeah. cocaine really is. Indeed. I've been through hell with cocaine. Yeah. Absolute hell with cocaine. I don't No, no. <laughs> and and that's, that's where my journey really sort of began in terms of, in terms of drug culture and um, again, now, you know, it, it's kind, kind of a, kind of a similar thing, you know, um, in the way that I'm now working, uh, with the light, shall we say, I was, I was working on, on the other side of the spectrum then. And, um, and I was in the belief that everybody should have this, you know, and in the same way now I'm working in this, in this line of work, I believe that everybody should have this, but my belief was that everybody should have this drug. So, so I start selling cocaine at age 15 and it's, you know, we're talking very small quantities, but again, by the time I'm 17, it's, it's gone completely crazy. And I'm not, you know, I'm associating now with guys that are much older than me and we're driving around in fancy cars and, and, and selling drugs and all, and all the rest of it. And, uh, it gets pretty wild. And then we end up, you know, getting uh, some, some connections where we've got everything in abundance, you know, ecstasy, cocaine, the whole lot. And, uh, you know, we're watching gangster movies and Scarface <laughs> and, and, and really falling into this role. Yeah. Yeah. And start, you know, and, I, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a small dude, you know, I'm not, not, so, you know, I was, I was hell bent on getting big and strong. So down the gym, steroids, all of that carry on. And, uh, before I knew it, I was in a cyclone of, of, of drugs and, and my mental health was, uh, yeah, it kind of fueled. Uh, a personality or a, an identity um i needed to be pretty crazy and i needed to be big and strong and i need well at least i needed to portray that for me to be uh successful in my drug dealing career um and and, and i and i i built a pretty strong and confident character what was beneath that was the, uh, the absolute opposite a scared little boy that on the surface you know, persona of yeah this this lunatic who does not care and all the rest of it and i and i really did care but was was uh completely lost and and looking up to these guys you know who who had the cars so in and the house your personal life you was had this scared shy but when you went out with the mates you yeah. had to put his persona on sure and it was a big fake and yeah yeah, it was, a, it was, it was a, it was a complete liar, really. Um, and of course, don't get me wrong. We, we had, 
some really great times and all of that stuff, but that's not why we're here and that's not why we're talking about what we're talking about. But there, it, 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 it's, re- it's relevant because it's, it's, your, it's your journey and it's your story because it's, it's molded you into who I am right shit. now. And I can vouch for the energy that you have right now and what you've done for me over the last couple of months since me and you has transformed my life. Mm. So if anyone is doing this and they want to get healing, we were talking about that later on, but I mean, I can personally vouch you and Jenna, what you've done and uh, what you're doing here. Um, you like your, your healing work you're doing is, is sacred. Mm, it's, mm. it's very very powerful mm. so i'm very grateful for, mm. for what you've done yeah well, thank uh, you thank you so yeah so i'll continue yeah, continue yeah, yeah. um so yeah lots of things start to happen and so i mentioned briefly in my story earlier that um uh, in around year nine at school i started associating with this guy called robert who who become my best friend but he was he was everybody's best friend he was a uh a really special guy and um again there's so so much but just just to just to touch on the most important parts yeah. that are relevant to, to to this story yeah so a little bit later on in the story so you know my friends are now i'm giving them stuff and then they're passing it on and blah 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 and so that i was kind of like the uh the head of my little circle in terms of this little thing that we had going on with all of the drugs and whatnot. Um, and that had a quite a profound effect on a lot of lives in a really, really negative way. But we didn't see that then. You know, we was we was just living in this bubble and getting on with it. And of course the parents of all of these people will be in a massively affected by the drug taking that took place. You know, some of these guys have got people turning up at their doors for for tr- trouble and and you know it, it's it, a it, yeah, it really was in the same way that this this beautiful work is. It that, that it it works in the same way yeah. in whatever energy you're working in. Um. So, I, again, when I'm like 17, I'm with 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 the girl that I was with when I was 13, the childhood sweetheart, and then so that life appeared good. You know, we had a we had a nice little place and cool cars and cool clothes and lots of money in the drawer and all of this sort of stuff. And uh, I, I broke up, I, I, again, I was aspiring to be like my my elders in, in the circle that I was in. And so of course they had a different girl in the car every other day and I, I wanted a piece of the action. So I ended up, I was, uh, had several different girls coming round my flat on different occasions and like, I had a girlfriend at some point, one of the girls has told my girlfriend and then all of the girls have ganged up on me and then I broke up with this girl and I broke my own heart massively um, because I was following the lead of, you know, I was looking at these people wanting to do what they did and da 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 da, da and in the process broke my own heart. And a little while later, um, my friend decides to go to the army um, and just before he goes, we have a fight at the bottom of Old Harlow uh, High Street um, and we have a, a bit of an argument and he tells me that I've ruined his life and that uh, um, basically the, the, what we do, the drugs and all the rest of it's destroyed his life and, 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 and that I was responsible for that. And of course then I didn't think too much of that conversation and, and he went to 
uh, Afghanistan and he was killed within yeah he was killed wow. within six weeks of being there and of course that conversation or that argument that we had or, or exchange of words uh, rung round my head like a bell for ten years and it was um, just the most devastating blow and again it was these things coming sometimes freeze they say but um, the the breakup with the girlfriend and then this devastating blow and this loss. Um, it it um it was it hit me so hard and I remember receiving the phone call and just dropping to the floor and similar to when my granddad died, my that was my first yeah. encounter with death and, and, and it felt like when I got that news that that, that person was dead, it, I imploded and couldn't comprehend the idea that I'm never gonna see that place again. Really, really, really sad time. Very, very sad. And um the way that I see it now is beautiful and, and, and a completely different angle of sight that I see these things because they create, like we just mentioned, these big traumas and they, they hit me hard. But these things were the fuel to me becoming. Um, In the darkness, there is light, as I say. Exactly that, exactly that. And so then all sorts of things started to happen where we were being raided by police all the time. and. Um, you know, I'm not going to tell you too many of the stories, but we was involved in like some really horrific car crashes. I, I nearly killed my girlfriend in a car crash. Was a there was a lot of stuff. I got stabbed in the stomach. Main artery was severed and quite quite ill for a while. Um, lots of things like that. How old was you at this age? Seventeen. 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 You got stabbed. Stabbed. Uh, yeah. You killed your girlfriend in a car crash. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so this is a big. This is all boiling up. Yeah. Yeah, and there was lots of things happening. We had serious organised crime associations smashing our doors down on a regular basis. I mean, this, there was one particular occasion we had our, uh, our clean around and my friend would always live with me. Um, it's quite it's another sad story that we'll come to in a moment, but um, we was she was cleaning and her little girl picked up the bucket on the floor and the water sort of flowed down the wooden floor. And as that happened, door come off the hinges and all of these men have come running in screaming please and of course they've all slipped over on this on this water so I had like seven or eight policemen just on the floor soaking wet and of course it was quite funny but I was also petrified right, at the same course, time yeah. um just just and that was constant every day there was something happening you know that was pretty crazy and um that just gives you a rough idea. I mean, our house was blown up with us in it. So I woke, <laughs> yeah, oh I woke up. I woke up, and the whole place was on fire. And I had, had I not got up for that for that piss or for that wee or whatever, <laughs> um, we probably wouldn't be here today. Anyway, endless endless of those types of stories. Driving around in stolen cars, telling people that they weren't stolen, and getting chased by police and uh, all sorts of stuff. It was it was real carnage. Um, chaos, absolute chaos, chaos, absolute chaos, and again, like so. Then, so then, when my drug and now my drug problem, my drug use was becoming a severe problem, a severe, severe problem, and um, yeah, it was a, it was a very, very tough time, and so that I had quite a credible reputation. So it got to the point in the end where my drug taking was so out of control that I was. You know, taking large quantities of drugs off of people that were three times the size of me and meant to be, you know, in, in fact, it, it, it seems that the bigger and scarier that they were, the more it appealed to me 
<laughs> to tell yeah. them to fuck off. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I did that on numerous occasions, took large quantities of drugs off of people, rung them and said, stick your money up your arse. And, and of course, <laughs> and, and after about, yeah, two or three, yeah, well after, two, worse, well, after two or three years, I'd started, because the consequences wasn't a concept to me. And of course, I, people were looking for me and so all sorts of things started to happen. We've got people turning up outside my house with sawn off shotguns and we've got these, and these are gladiator sized men turning up at my doorstep that, that would rip, literally rip my head off. And I, yeah, <laughs> just didn't care, just didn't care. And, and, and always, and what I've seen that is, is so beautiful in, 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 in my story is that all of this stuff, the car crashes, the getting stabbed, the, you know, there's an endless amount of near death situations being presented to me. And I always walked out of them fine. Two of the car crashes, everybody was quite badly injured. I walked out, I'd never had a seatbelt on. In one of, them, one of them, we hit a lamppost at 100 miles an hour. I didn't move from my seat. The only window that didn't smash was mine. Everybody else was quite badly injured. Serious looking after and they knew you had to go. <laughs> yeah, and all of these situations, I mean, there was one, one occasion where uh, one of the guys rung me and was downstairs and I had taken a load of drugs off of them and I was basically telling him to poke it and I've, I've ended up in a car with these two huge men and he's got a gun gun pointed at me and at this point I think okay this is it this is it, it. sweats and um, I don't know how the situation transformed itself so miraculously but I found myself being absolutely terrified contemplating being kidnapped and tortured or I don't know maybe killed I don't really know <laughs> to sitting in McDonald's with these guys half an hour later laughing and joking and then I'd given them my big long list of people that owed me money they took it and cleared the debt and that just doesn't happen <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know they're, they're bizarre stories and it's more intricate than that but that's the, that's the short version of it you know and but that happened in lots Long of different times multiple times you know times where <laughs> so it's only now can i see why the protection was there because i know and i and i'm not i'm not saying i'm 100 percent sure of my role and, and what i'm doing and uh so that i can see now that all of these scenarios there was something working on my behalf which allowed me to stay alive basically the lessons you must have got from this as well now you look back and reflect uh like it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Just even talking about it, it's bringing up this cold. Oh, yeah, I can feel that, that energy. Yeah, it was. It was dark. Mm, really, very warm. And and ambulances taking me away, and 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 God, how my mum must have must have been observing all of this. And of course, I didn't care about what anyone else thought, or or, or there was no concern about anyone else's feelings in any of this. And it was. For my mum to have witnessed what I was going through, it must have been as a parent absolutely horrendous, you know. And and they did their best. There was no helping me. There was no helping me, you know. And and the more that they tried to help, the more that I I rebelled and, and, and didn't want that. Um. So yeah, so that's where we get. And 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 then one day we're driving along. Um. And again, it's another long story, but I'm driving this car. That is apparently uh, a rental car. So I've been getting these cars off of this guy who apparently owns this rental company. He doesn't. He he rents he rents the car. He rents the cars. He rents the cars off of a rental firm and then gives them to me. I pay him and then he doesn't pay the rental firm. 
So now I'm driving around in a stolen car, driving uh, selling drugs. So we drive around the the, uh, the 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 roundabout in Harlow, and there's a police car on the side. And so we we drive down the road, and the police are behind now. And so I've got a couple of friends and, and the girlfriend at the time in the car, and they're on the radios. I'm looking in the rear view, and I'm, I'm telling my friends we're, we're about to get pulled over. Anyway, we get quite some some distance down the down the road, and still nothing. All of a sudden. I can see the, the side mirror. There is about 15 police cars burning up the side of the road. So I'm, <laughs> and I was coming down. Now all of a sudden the riot van pulls out in front and the police cars up and they smash all the windows and drag us out. Big scene and all the kids were just coming out of school at quarter past three on a Tuesday afternoon. afternoon. Yeah, outside right. Burnt Mill School in Harlow and, and, it, and it was proper, mate. It was like SWAT teamed us and uh, <laughs> dragged out the car and I'm like, what on earth's going on? And, and you're, this is a stolen car. And I'm like, no, it's not. Anyway, so we get back to the, get back to the um, police station and there's a particular policeman who's been after me for some time. His name was DCI King. Um, and so he had raided our house numerous times, never found anything. And he said to me, one day I'm going to get you. And I said to him, back off. In, in <laughs> Cocking it with shit. Like yeah, it. in the end, they was raiding my house. So they had come, smash the door through. And they'd say, it's all right, you can go out. If you find anything, we'll come and get you. So they, I could just leave the police to search the house. It was quite a relationship <laughs> with that. Like in the end, we, we was getting used to each other's presence. We'd even, I'd even, make, Bill, yeah, you're right, I'd right. even make them tea sometimes. Like it was, it was, yeah. And, and we would have a laugh and a joke. They weren't, you know, we were still human beings at the end of it, but just on different sides, you know. Yeah. And it was quite, quite amusing. Come around the road, you your cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Oh, there was all sorts of things, and like you know, I oh, remember. Fighting with my partner, smashed over the head with a mirror, and I've smashed my room up, and the police have been called, and I've got blood trickling down my face, and we had cocaine all over the side, and a replica handgun on the side, and the police have come in, and uh, I've got one of my friends over in the corner, all twisted up on drugs, and the police is, he's like, what's what's that on the side? And I picked the, the, it's only a toy gun, like a gas gun, but it looks like a real one. Because as I pick it up, put the gun down, put the gun. I'm so, it's not, it's a toy, it's a toy, but there's cocaine all over the side. No mention of that. No mention, please they don't. Got, they got a gun, next level. So right? yeah, so this is what happens. So we get, anyway, go back to the story. So we get, we I'm in the cells now and they're going to raid my property. So I'm like, okay, fine. So I know that I've, I've got this, this bag of powder there. It's benzocaine. So it's something that we used to mix with cocaine to, to obviously make the, the bulk, uh, make the yield higher or whatever. So we would double the, the amount of quantity or whatever. But I'm, I've got that in a bag in my cupboard and I'm, I'm quite sure that, that it's not a, it's not an illegal substance and that there's going to be no problem. So DCI King comes back with this bag in the cells and says, I've got you. So I've, I'm, I'm quite confident in saying, go fuck yourself. Cause I said, basically the, um, it's not a drugs. It's not drugs. So he's come back an hour later. They took it down the lab, come back. He said, I'm arresting you with the intent to supply cocaine. Da, 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 da. So I'm now baffled thinking, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So we've we've sent it off um, for analysis. It turns out that there's a small quantity of cocaine in there. So now I'm bang to rights and, oh, no. and, and I'm now on bail. Now, this is the moment that I, my life is saved, actually. Um, so it was horrific, actually, because from that moment, I was on bail for two years. So the two years waiting to go to prison. I was not really selling drugs anymore, but yeah, what I started to do again was was take drugs off of people.
people and not pay for it as a, as a way of just existing. You know, I didn't know know any other way of making money. This was all I knew. And, and in the end, I wasn't very good at selling drugs. I was just fantastic <laughs> just at taking them. them. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, that's, that's how it got in the end, you know, and yeah. so that anyone that was, was stupid enough to give me drugs should have anticipated probably not receiving the money. So anyway, I've got myself in a whole load more bother and, and, and again, you know, there's plenty more of them stories to tell you over the next two years, but we'll cut to the chase. And so that I go to trial and uh, it turns out that a couple of people that are in the jury, no family members and all the rest of it. So there's a load of juggling around. Cut a long story short, I get four years. And so they close the door behind me. And uh, my girlfriend at the time is absolutely devastated, crying. And, and Although I'm sad because I know I'm about to go to prison, there's a huge sense of relief occurring in me because I know that I'm about to be locked away from myself. And although I'm a little bit scared about prison, you hear lots of stories about how you know scary it could be and all the rest of it. And so that I, I had a level of anticipation um, and, and, and yeah, and fear and, and all the rest of it. And am I going to be okay? Am I going to get on? All the rest of it. But you know, the the sense of relief sort of like oh. Overweighed all of them fears, you know, and I remember they banged the door behind me. <sighs> and so we go to Chelmsford and, and there we are. Um, end up in HMP Wayland. First three months are really difficult. I'm paranoid as hell on the phone to the girlfriend. This is still at 19. And this is, so now I'm. No, this is a couple of years after. Yeah, so, yeah, so I was 20. By the time I actually went to prison, I'm 22. So I'm 22 years old now. I'm in prison, HMP Wayland. First three months were really difficult. Um, my girlfriend was no longer my girlfriend after three months, and she's now with a, with a different guy or whatever's going on. So again, this created absolute devastation, you know, because as far as I was concerned, you're going to wait and all the rest of it, completely unrealistic and quite a high expectation of myself, considering I have been nothing but a <laughs> nightmare. You know, it wasn't like I was this golden boy. No, that, and no. it, yeah, I was um an absolute nightmare um but again it created a fuel inside of me so um the first three months i, I was just crazy about gym um and and it was funny so as we're walking around the yard i'm starting to bump into all sorts of different people people that i've got mostly problems with you know uh, or the <laughs> in some people that you've rubbed from yeah or co various types of conflicts that, and, and we're bumping into each other but it was a kind of a different vibe in prison you ain't going nowhere so you all make do and make friends and forget the past sort of thing which suited me down to the ground because there was numerous people walking around that yard <laughs> that, that we didn't like or i didn't like so anyway um i'm speaking to, to one of the lads that i've encountered um that i've known from from small school who was in for, for quite a horrible crime. And um, just just enough, yeah, I won't even talk about that now. But um, anyway, he's he's told me about this wing that they're on, this uh, G-wing. Um, they're doing a rap program on this wing, a re re rehabilitation. Now, I've been telling him all my stories. And he was like, Bill, he said, come over, mate, come over. Not only that, there was the incentive of your shell was open for longer and all the rest of it. Initially, that was the incentive that I wouldn't be locked in my cell to be in for 23 hours a day. Um, so I got over there. It's quite funny. So heroin addicts, crack addicts, um, whole range of uh, crime, you know, murderers, armed robbers, all the rest of it. The whole shebang's on there. There's every type of criminal on this wing. Some people, it's a part of their plan that they must do this 
this course. Others volunteer. I volunteered. It wasn't it wasn't something that I had to do. It was in the end something that I really needed and wanted to do. Um, and it was the start of my real. It was the start of this journey. And that was so that was twenty three years old. And so could you say prison, even though as bad as it was and everything happened, going to prison actually saved my life. Saved your life. Saved my life. Wow. There's no doubt about it, and I have no no doubt that uh, you know it seemed like a long time, but it could have been so much worse than that. I could have ended up in prison for maybe 15 years in some of the scenarios that I found myself in. And, and so that um, it was divinely perfect. And I can see that now. It was the, just the right amount of time. Um, and I really did utilize that time. I didn't, I was, and I've become very serious about change whilst I was there. I knew initially going into prison, that I would never sell drugs ever again. I knew that that was, that was one thing that was guaranteed. And that just looking around at the- What a hassle though. Yeah. Going through all of that, really had to go through, like it's just. Yeah. Oh no, it was it was it was such an it was such an ordeal and very very traumatic in so many ways. Um, I mean, even this is a funny story. So like, I'm I'm new to the wing, and like I mentioned, you've got all of these different drug users, and security come and they do a raid on the wing unless they want to search everybody's cell. Now I've only been on there a day. Now I've cleaned my cell out. There's nothing in it. There's actually I've got like a couple of Adidas tracksuits hanging up in the cupboard. That is it. Anyway, so we're all locked in this room, Hawkins, and that's that was my that was always my name growing up. Um, so they call out Hawkins. Comes, he says, uh, we found drugs in your cell. So I'm like, there's no way. There's, there's no way he found drugs in my cell. And he opened the Bible, and it was the only thing I left from the previous guy. And in the Bible, there was tin foil with this brown stuff burnt all in it. Hence, someone's been smoking heroin. So I'm like, look, I do not smoke heroin. Take me for a uh, piss test. Okay, fine. So I'll go down there and I pass the test. But that's hours you luck. I've like, been on there a day and now, and now, yeah, this has happened. But that stopped me <coughs> getting a category D at some point. But anyway, I'll talk about the program. So it was a Narcotics Anonymous program, which is a 12 steps program. And, I've still got all the writing upstairs. It's very, very interesting to see how I presented all of these stories. And I was quite proud, actually, about all of that stuff that I just described. I was proud of it. It was, uh, yeah. I told the story. Ego. Mm. Massive ego. Because, because everybody, everybody wanted to hear that. And they, you know, and, and uh, so I was presenting all of this horror in a, in a way that it kind of, uh, in a way that I was kind of proud of it. And, and and some of the writing, I mean, so initially we write our life story. Um, and then we write, we break down all of these scenarios and stories. And then we, we find how we are accountable in, in all of this stuff that's taken place. And then we present that to each other in a group. And so this is where the work really starts. And so this is, and this is where my passion started to, uh, uh, yeah. We were sat in a circle with, like I mentioned, murderers robbers and whatever else and we would sit in a circle and we would cry now that stayed in that room nobody else in the yard was allowed to know about that because there was some very very big strong scary men crying their eyes out but that changed something in me and 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 watching um somebody describe the horror of their life because there were some stories in that room that that the worst nightmares that you've ever heard. Some of the up- upbringings of these these men and children, uh, and, yeah, young men, 
and, it and shows, then you know, the, the, the upbringing also just leads into oh yeah massively leads into into uh, into, yeah. into this into this prison and, and and into this horror and and it was oh it was touching it was just touching and to and and to hear the remorse and regret of what they have done you know but it was a it was a byproduct of like you've just said their upbringing has created has built them has built them into this into this person and they don't know that they, they believe that this is them they don't know that oh, there's the post yeah. yeah exactly that and, and so that i know different to that now and uh so that's where it started and there was some guys would sit in their cells and they would cut themselves and just lay in there and they'd be left and i would look through their little doors and they'd be just laying in a pool of blood in the bed and 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 oh, oh it was really bad and and i was and i started to care for people and so by six i'm six months into this program now and i'm taking it very seriously and um and i want to help people i really want to help people and i truly and i truly care about yeah, people yeah, yeah. And that weren't who i was when i arrived here i didn't give a shit about anything or anybody including myself mostly but as i started to form some sort of love for myself in doing this inner work all of a sudden that compassion was was then shared with with the people around me um and by a year in i'd finished my program and was now like a mentor on the on the wing wow. so i'd stayed there for 18 months and, and it i really was a start of your it, no, it really it really wow. was and i'd gone from being uh super proud of all of my wrongdoing to to, to really really upset about it all and, and i could really see the the, the flaws in, in and the, the energy of what you went through was like yeah. Oh, I can feel it. Yeah. Oh, I can really feel what, what you're talking about there. I'm going to make Yeah. It's like, I'm sure hopefully we all can relate to Billy's story there as well. Just your past is, does put you in the future. It's yeah. Like it's, yeah. There's a way of you've got to learn and you've got to exactly. grow. And if you're not learning and growing from your past mistakes, you, you're going to continue. Yes. You're going to continue. You're going to continue. And, uh, yeah, so got to the um, I got to the end of that program, and I, and I and in some some cases I was transformed, um, and and very very keen to get out and live my life and to and to be a good human um, being. Do? I've done two years in prison, and and because of that incident that I mentioned with the tin foil in the back of a Bible, no, they didn't allow me because normally uh, the last six months you can have in like open conditions where you go visit the family and all that, but because that they wouldn't allow me, but it was actually actually done me another favour because I I needed a little bit of time. I needed the full two years. If I'd have been out any earlier, there might have been a chance where you know things might have gone the other way. So it was all perfect. Um, and so I get home and I end up back with the girl that I was with before I went in. Um, and of course now I'm I'm uh, I'm 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 reformed in some areas of my life. You know, again, it was just very. It was on the surface though. There was still an infinite amount of work to be done, and, and and I and I sort of believed that I might have conquered all of my addictions, and that because I had done this work, that life was really going to be different. Mm. And quite quickly, um, it went back to to being how it was, and we started raving when I got home. We started going out to the parties and stuff. The music scene started to really become something beautiful for me. Um, yeah, me too. Music scene for me was. Uh, but again, that's where I was doing a lot of cocaine and ketamine and pills, and that was where that was my drug. Yes, yeah, yeah, you know, so. yeah, exactly that, exactly that. And and again, I got lost in the in the music a little bit, and and the drugs sort of sort of started to worm their way back in again. And 
Um, <coughs> so when I come home, I didn't have anything. I didn't have any money. Um, I just had loads of debts from, from years ago. But anyway, we 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 got through that, and um, I was adamant that I would never go back to selling drugs again. So I went and worked for my dad, just digging holes, and it was it was really my worst nightmare. But <laughs> but I was you know focused and didn't want to go back to the old way of living. And, uh, stumbled ac across an opportunity to go. I mean, I tried various different things, stockbroker positions. I wanted to go and do something good and loads of money. You know, I wanted to be successful. Yeah. Um, stumbled across an opportunity to go get a job at a, a steel company, and um, and I got that. Um, got the job, and I worked my worked my uh, ghoulies off for <laughs> for seven or eight months and really really give it everything and so I was borrowing my mum's car to get to work and um, literally had no money and we, we we moved into this house that we couldn't afford and um, it was really really uh, demanding in terms of you know trying to trying to provide and trying to meet not only my expectations but the partner's expectations at the time and it was a, a scary place and I left my job and, and started a, a business from home, just selling steel work, which is what I did at work. And, and it went quite well. And uh, within a year or two, we'd, we'd, we'd built a company that was pretty successful and doing quite good things. And it was, it was kind of a miracle how it all happened. It just happened overnight and, and very quickly. And uh, I found myself in a position where I was earning good money again. And, um, and it was legal, you know, and, but I was, I was starting to take drugs again on a regular basis. And of course the, the cocaine started to creep back in slowly, but surely. And then it started to get really quite nasty. And I was, you know, I would pop down the shop to get milk, end up sniffing cocaine and end up in a lay by <laughs> end up. She's going to get a pint of milk three days later. Uh, it happened on numerous yeah. occasions, you know, <laughs> and, and again, just sitting, sitting downstairs in the front room while she was upstairs with my daughter, just absolutely out of my head. And it started off on a Friday with a bottle of JD and a bit, little bit, and it ended up, you know, slowly but surely I ended up back in a, quite a, an uncomfortable situation where it was taking place far too much. And, our relationship was uh, getting smashed to pieces as a result of it. And anyway, so I, I left. I left um, on, a, on a Saturday. I got up. And again, there's much more to the story. But, the, you know, I got up on this Saturday. I remember I packed my bag and I said, I'm going. Not, not only, not only it, was, it, was for the, it was for all of us that I left. You know, because I had no control over myself anymore. I broke promises at time and time again. I would promise and absolutely mean it that I was not going to do it again. And 24 hours later, I'm there again. And, I, and to continuously make a promise and break a promise and make it was just destroying me because yeah, I, I really wanted to keep my word. I really wanted yeah. to keep my word. And uh, so that's what happened. And um, then the magic starts now. And um, I move out and I go and get a place. And so that I, I move to a flat in Newhall in Harlow. And as I walk in this place, and as I walk through the door, I get this absolutely freezing cold feeling come over me. And a voice in my head says to me, you're going to die here. Really? You're going to die here. Wow. Now, my drug use is so bad that the only, the only uh the only way that I can interpret that is that I'm physically going to die here. 
So it was quite scary walking in that flat. And, and, and the only thing I had to be scared of was myself because I didn't have any control over myself. It didn't matter what promises I made or how my best efforts were never good enough. You know, it didn't matter what I did or what I just couldn't say no. Couldn't say no. And I could not sit with how I felt. And that was, you know, we'll come to that in a bit, but it was, that was it. The bottom line was like, I was incapable of sitting in a room feeling how I felt. It was impossible. I could not do it. And I, Whatever it was, whatever drug or behavior. Um, so the next three years at this point, so now I'm 25, 25 now, and this is where the journey really starts to get horrific. Um, and it gets very, very bad. So I spent three years in this place. Um, now I'm, don't get me wrong, there's still loads of good stuff happening as well. The business is doing pretty well. I started DJing or throwing some parties and all the rest of it again. We'll come to the party in a little bit later, but the role that I've kind of tried to play a lot in my life is uh, putting myself in a uh, a place of like a center of attention. And, you know, that comes from back to when I described that my friends were allowed to come around my house and have a pub. I was put, yeah. I was put in exactly the same position. And, and, and I learned from that, that if I've got something that they want, that means that they're going to want to come. Yeah. And and kind of the same things working now, but in a really beautiful way. Uh, yeah, it's, a big, it's, a it's, big, it's a completely it's a it's it's a it's a similar thing, but a completely different thing all at once. And and uh, there's no ego now. There's no there's not there's none of that. And and I'm absolutely aware of everything that's taking place. You know, um, so the three years now, and so the, in terms of spirituality, I missed a little bit. From, so when I was three years old. If we were gonna talk about where did where did the essence yeah where did that come from where did that begin and I remember being three years old looking up at my ceiling and seeing this face in the ceiling and praying to God and and praying to to keep me safe um, and praying for a particular bird I used to ask for a peacock now that actually carries its own sacred yeah, essence yeah, in itself yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah and there is there is a, a particular meaning behind that bird it's, it represents christ consciousness mm-hmm. um but of course that doesn't mean much to me it's only in the late years of life when i look back at that memory do i start to to realize that that divine essence and it's not just me we're all born with it but i was in tune with that at a very very young age and, and of course once the trauma starts coming it starts bashing all of that divine essence out of you. Of course. So that's my first memory in terms of anything. And we didn't bring it. No one told me about God. No one. There was never a mention of that. That was in me. I knew at that age. That was already there. And that gets forgotten throughout my life. Um, you know, I'll come out, come out of the house in the morning or whatever. Uh, I always wore a hat because I was, you know, covering myself. But, you know, you get, you get in a fancy car with some nice clothes on and people assume that life's good. Um, and uh, and I and I'd started to gather that that you could you could live a double life. Nobody would be none the wiser of the truth of what was going on inside of me, and and that worked well in some cases. But of course, you, you're you're living an absolute lie. And 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 bottom line of that is is that I was miserable doing what I was doing, and and just so broken, but yet couldn't stop doing it. Um, and so some things start to take place. Um, and so that a couple of things that happened throughout my life and I'll give you a couple of examples of, of, of like spiritual occurrences that, that have taken place. Um, so there was one particular time when I was laying in bed with, with my ex-partner, like the mother of my child, and she got 
we was in the dark, uh, face to face on the pillows, and there was a donk on our head, quite loud. And we both sat up as as that as we heard that donk, and I put the bedside lamp on. And I said, what the hell was that? She said, I don't know. Someone just hit me on the head. So we're both baffled. So I'm like looking at the ceiling, <laughs> looking at the bed, like, what's going on? So I'm like, look, the only possible explanation for this is that there's something in the room now that we cannot see. And as I finish my sentence, as that we cannot see, all of the toiletries in the bathroom go, <laughs> and just go flying, make this huge noise. Now everything in the bathroom has literally just gone everywhere. Now we've both gone under the covers. <laughs> yeah, man. Not thought too much of it, yeah. So we've, 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 how mad was that? Anyway, couple. So now I'm, now I'm in this flat, and these things are starting to happen. But I'm there on my own, and uh, one particular night, and this was, this was when things were starting to change for me. I, I was, like I mentioned, going to various practitioners, psychologists, and a lot of inner work was taking place in all of these scenarios. Got cocaine anonymous was a great platform for me to start investigating myself, my story, and then to be able to communicate that with like a, an audience, for example. Um, it wasn't enough for me to get to where I am now, but it certainly was a fantastic uh, stepping stone for my transformation. Um, so I get up for a wee one night. Well, actually, no, I'm standing in my kitchen and I can feel this breathing on my neck. Now I'm starting to become aware of spirit. Um, and the concepts of maybe like uh, entities uh, attaching to us and things like this. Yeah. So it all sort of come, as my awareness started to develop about these possibilities, these things then started occurring actually in my life. So that then I was able to, to see that, you know, this wasn't just something I was hearing, this stuff happens, this is real, this stuff. And so this one particular occasion, standing in my kitchen and I can literally feel something breathing on my neck. Strange feeling, strange feeling. Keep looking back and I can feel it. And, and and so I played this, I remember getting in bed and on the days when I wasn't taking drugs, I would play meditation music and have candles and crystals in my bed. This was just something that I started doing naturally. naturally I would, yeah, I would lay in bed and hold the crystals and just beg for dear life, please save me. And, <laughs> and, a, night, and a night when I wasn't taking drugs, that was, a good, that was a good night. That was an achievement for me to not take drugs today. Um, so yeah, I get in bed and I get up for a wee and <clears throat> I've just got something grabbing me around the throat and it's not like this is not a joke and this is not, I'm not exaggerating in any sense. I am being strangled in my bed. <clears throat> so as that as that's released off of me, there is this loud scratching on my door <clears throat> and then the loudest footsteps run down my landing. Bum, 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 bum. Covers over the head again. <laughs> 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 Exactly that. So, cool. so that was that was one occurrence, and then after that, I had big crosses put up in my in my place, and they looked pretty cool. But they served that they was for a reason. People used to ask, "Why have you got them up?" And I didn't even bother explaining why because people would think I was crackers. But it didn't matter. To, didn't matter what they thought. I had them there for a reason. I had prayers written on the walls in Latin that were like a form of protection, and um, all little things like the tattoos that I was having. Uh, I had like a protection tattoo which was uh, from Thailand. All of these little things started to take place. Yeah, everything's unraveling. I'm unaware of what's going on in terms from a from a spiritual point of view. But it's just happening. It's just happening as a part of the process. And um, 
Yeah. So what happened? So so I I I take a trip actually. I go to Thailand. Um, I book a, uh, a month in Thailand by myself. And I remember the day before I went. I'm actually absolutely, absolutely petrified. And I thought, what, what am I doing a month from Miami, Thailand? What am I going to do? And 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 so I went there with great intentions. And the idea was it was going to be a, a spiritual holiday. And um, it was in some respects, but mostly, you know, I ended up drinking girls on the beach yeah, you know I, I didn't drink I think we had a, a DJ at a party or something there and so there was a little bit of both going on um, but it was really really good for me um, come back with a clearer head um, can still continue doing what I was doing and so now I'm in in cocaine anonymous and so that I was able to to get some some time drug free and so I got six months and then I'd relapse and then I got three months and then I'd relapse so now I'm I'm putting a sensible amount of time between me and drugs, but eventually I'll go back to the drugs again. Um, but it was getting more and more painful. The letdown of you know having six months no drugs and then do it and then taking it, it was devastating. Like uh, such, and then I'd end up in this uh, victim stance, you know, and feeling very sorry for myself, and I'm never going to get better, and all of this, and 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 then you know, and then I'd end up back in the rooms again and, and getting clean and, and it was and it was heartbreaking to go in that yeah it was heartbreaking to go in that room as well and tell everybody I'm relapsed I did it countless times I'd get me little thing me 30 days 40 days and then I'd come in again and you have to be honest a couple of times I considered lying and I, and I just didn't have it in me I had to just tell the truth and so I I must have got up more than anybody else and said <laughs> relapsed relapsed and in the end you think there's no helping um so towards towards the end of all of this horror, um, I had another relationship with a girl that didn't work out. And I remember we went, just as an example of a spiritual occurrence or an alien occurrence, we was on the balcony and we were watching a program about the universe. And so I'm starting to become interested in this stuff, just, just naturally. I want to know about life and I want to know what I am, who I am and discover the origin of that and, and what is going on why am i going through this pain what 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 is it mm. um and and so that my interest was was just divinely guided to exploring the idea of what the universe might be and how that reflects into who, what we are and how that plays out in our lives and anyway we go out on the balcony after watching this very very interesting documentary and there's some woods over the back of my house and so i'm with this girl and this life literally just comes out of the woods and it's not very far from us it's right in front of us and it is shining like i've never it was a star it was so bright and it was so close just appeared so i've said to this girl look at that and then it goes boom splits into two and it kind of made that noise as it so we're like what and then all of a sudden one of them goes and just shoots off and disappears into the sky and a few seconds later the other one goes and follows after it now we're blown away now i've just watched this document and there was no mistake that i just watched this documentary yeah two of us here and the same as in the other scenario when i was with with the mother of my child she had encountered this donk on the head and seen the thing so these things are happening in front of people as well i wasn't a lunatic and they're all vouched for me as well you know i'm not making this stuff up and uh this stuff happened and so that we're blown away and then we've gone in and now the occurrence of numbers is starting to happen on a regular basis 11 11 13 13 3 3 3 da, 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 da. and as we walk in from that it's 11 11 at night 
So we're like, we've watched this program yeah, about the universe. We've seen the spaceship take off and split into two and disappear into the thing. And then we walk in and then it's 11-11. We're like, what? <laughs> yeah, so it's like, yeah, so this but this stuff's helping me. This is helping me. I'm starting to believe. Not only, not it, because I'm seeing and, and experiencing things happen. I can't, I, I can't question these things anymore because I'm physically experiencing them and seeing them. So there's no, there's no, uh, there's no doubt in, in this now. Now I'm becoming very interested in because I'm experiencing and, and seeing these things for myself. And um, yeah, so yeah, so I, I, we split up with this girl, and again, it was another little blow, and I got back on drugs again, and so, so so on and so forth. So we get to the to, to the end of this this horrible period, and there was a guy that had been living underneath me for some time, and um, he'd been living under underneath me for about a year, and my drug taking shenanigans, I. God only knows what that must have sounded like from down below, because in in these flats you could hear a pin drop. So never considered that anyone else might even be disturbed by like, you know, <laughs> I'm pacing up and down at three four in the morning every day, like uh, running a bath at six in the morning, five in the morning, and you know not getting in the bath, then running a shower, then flushing the toilet while I'm sniffing a line so he can't hear it. Just loads of stuff. But anyway. This guy comes and knocks on my door one day and because I've been playing meditation music at night um, and he knocks on the door and he asks me about the music. He said, what was that? What's that music that you play at night? I really like the sound of it. And so so we, we start talking. Now I'm absolutely broken at this point. And I, and I begin crying at the door to this complete stranger and, and I say, come in and we sit and I just tell him I've, I'm going to die. I'm dying. Like, I, I can't stop taking drugs. I'm Sorry if I've been disturbing you, but this is why, this is what's going on up here. I'm in a lot of trouble, uh, you know, and I, I can't see a way out of it. And um, That for you, though, being that honest and that raw with someone that you don't even know. Yeah. That must have been it was the, quite something. It was a start of a journey for me. It was a start of a journey for me. And, and rather than being judged or, because uh, I judged myself immensely and, and to, to, have, to have not, received that type of judgment the judgment that i held for myself i was only expecting that because because i was so used to my own judgments of self that i would only assume that you're going to judge me in the same way and so that that kind of uh showed me that that wasn't the case and we had this really really beautiful conversation and, and become very very close friends and i still continued to take to take drugs for some time but something started to happen and it was very, very powerful and to the point where it actually become near on impossible for me to take drugs anymore. I had them on the side. I could see them and I wanted them. But I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get there. And there was a full like spill. A barrier put in front of you. And what, what it was is my fear of disappointing this person that cares about me. What you was going to say. And, and he's below me, so his bedroom was below mine. And because this 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 complete stranger had showed me this level of compassion and non-judgment, it wasn't for me in the beginning. It was for him. Yeah. And that's why he was some sort of divine angel that was was put in my path. Because I cared about him. What, is, what, what he was thinking. And, and more to the point, this person cared about me, and he doesn't want this for me. And I don't want this for me either, but yeah. yet I've still, I'm the one with the voices that tells me that I should be doing that or that, you know, this desire, this extreme urge for these drugs and having this person down below 
it just made, and when I did manage to get the drugs up my nose, I'd be absolutely petrified that then he would know that I'd done it. And on a couple of occasions, I did manage to take drugs all night and he would knock on the door. Oh, and I couldn't answer it. No, <laughs> I'm not answering the door. And he would bang, 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 open the door, open the door, open the door. So in the end, I had to open the door and I would be a wreck. <laughs> He'd beg, please stop. Please stop this now. You've got to stop, mate. Look what you're doing to yourself. Like, I mean, it, it, it was, if anything, I resented him. Yeah. Because now you are getting in the way <laughs> of what I'm doing and you're making it worse for me. Don't you know what it was? And I needed that. I really needed that. And this person's, well, makes me very emotional just talking. And every time I describe his part in my journey, it always makes me very emotional. And, uh, yeah, in ways he doesn't even know. Yeah. And well, he does because I've told him several times. And, yeah. and we have this. In contact. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. And we have this really beautiful relationship moving forward. And I start to progress. And I said, you know, and, and then I start to have longer periods without drugs. And, and I begin to flourish in ways that I never knew were possible. And, and he sees that. And, and it was just beautiful. And I remember one of the conversations we had at the end. I remember him sitting, look, I'm going to cry. I remember sitting down and him saying to me, you have changed my life. You have changed, he said, witnessing, witnessing what you have been through and the person that I see sitting here today, he said, it is beyond inspirational. Wow. And just your existence has changed my life forever. Wow. And we're both sitting crying because I'm like, you don't understand what you've done, done for me. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we it, we just crossed paths and he'd been living underneath me for a year and, and we'd never even said hello, normally because I was scarping up the stairs to, to get into my flat so I could take my drugs and never even considered saying hello. I didn't care, I just needed to get up and get high and whatever. That was a life-changing moment for me and, and it gave me hope and it gave me strong. It was just so powerful. And it, and he didn't even know what he was doing. He didn't even know the work that he was doing. It was it was beyond it's a healer, man. Man, it's a it was beyond this world. It was beyond this world and, and, and it was all done so uh so blase without you know and, and both of us had a very profound effect on each other without even realizing there was no intention and in it, it just happened. And uh, wow, yeah, it was really special. So yeah, so now I'm I'm not taking drugs anymore, and um, really starting to connect, to feel. How do I feel? And it's not very nice, you know. So now I'm I'm doing some really deep inner work, and um, and I'm beginning to to realize now that now I'm not taking drugs that. Because I always thought the drugs are the reason my life is is so terrible, and and they they are what makes me feel this way. Yeah, I cannot stop taking them. So if I stop taking drugs, I'm I'm going to be better. I'm going to feel better. My problems will disappear with the drug addiction. That was what I believed, and so I was striving to not stop taking. I was striving to stop taking drugs in order to feel good again. And when I stopped taking drugs, I realized that they were simply a mask for how I truly felt. And the reason that I took them is because I could not sit with how I truly felt. And at which point then I knew that um, it had to be a journey inside. Yeah. I had to look inside to start finding some answers. And of course, I'd already done all of that, that work previous. So I had a good starting point. Um, but now 
I'm starting to grow and I'm starting to see it all a little bit differently. And um, so what happens next? So we're about six months in and I'm, st I'm, st I'm, I'm still having some suicidal thoughts. I'm having thoughts about killing myself and uh, I had a couple of really bad knockdowns, dips, and, and I was able to not, I was not taking drugs, but I was pretty, pretty messed up. And in the end, it was getting to the point where like, I don't take drugs anymore yet. I'm still having suicidal thoughts. <clears throat> I'm still depressed. I'm still terrified of everything. <sighs> like, uh, this has got to end, you know? And, and it got to a point actually where I thought to myself, if this is life, I don't want it. And, and then I'm thinking various ways of killing myself, you know, hang myself, so I cut my wrists. Well, none of them ideas are appealing to me really, but then the idea of continuing to live, feeling this way, was also unattractive. So you're torn between death and life and, and, and all things in between. And, um, so then the opportunity comes a little bit later. Um, so this is the mindset that I'm currently in, the, the, what I just described, and my friend offers uh, DMT. So for me, I'm in a place where I don't drink, I don't smoke, uh, you know. Substances are a no-go. Yeah. For us you know or for me particularly where i was where i was doing my thing in cocaine anonymous substances of any kind are, are we're not having that you know and uh, and i was all about that i was very very strict in that um so when the opportunity comes to take the dmt which is uh dimethyltryptyline it's uh it's a substance it's, it's the, the fabric of life relies on this you know it's in the the, the plant kingdom um it is the, the molecule of the, of the plant kingdom and in fact is responsible probably for a life could not exist the way that we know it without this molecule when we die actually it's when we're born and when we die actually it's released at that, that moment correct correct and there's also a cycle down out uh, down the, the vertebrates of our spine where dmt will uh, make its way up and down the spine i think it's down the spine um so it's 33 vertebrae, but that's with the moon cycle, DMT makes its way down. It's a very, very small uh, excretion, but it maneuvers down. But anyway, our dream world and all of that relies on this, relies on this substance, which is naturally produced in our, in our brains. But even knowing all of that, and so now, because I'm, I'm hearing about this substance and the wonders of it, I'm still very skeptical and, 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 and a little bit scared with the idea that knowing how I am with drugs, this could end up just a, another avenue of chaos. Um, and so that I'm, I am very wary about it and I, ref I decline the offer my friend offers it and I say no. Now, three months down the line, my mental health is, is not getting no better. And, I, I, and like I mentioned earlier, I've got this business which is doing pretty well, but it, it carries a whole burden of stress with it. And um, so that there was a lot of stuff going on there with that and in the end like i said if if this is if this is how i'm gonna feel for life then you know what i've got nothing to lose so i i, I run my friends and i said you know what come around and, sh and show me what what this stuff is and if it helps great if not okay i've tried i've tried exactly that and so he comes around and, and, and presents me with this this yellow powder so it's a synthetic DMC is quite a nasty chemical process that goes into extracting it in this particular way. But anyway, we smoke this pipe. Well, I smoke this pipe. Now, I don't know what I'm doing. I just breathe in this smoke. A lot of smoke, my I add. <laughs> and I disappear. 
I don't disappear, but I disappear as far as I'm concerned into nothing. And 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 then the way back was like a roller coaster in bright orange colours, and then thudding back into the body. And as I opened my eyes, the room was like a bright orange colour, and I'm scared now. And I'm like, how long is this gonna last? And he's like, it's all right. 10 minutes, we're going to be good. So I'm up now and I'm walking around and I'm like, fuck, you know, and the room looks crazy and I can see the energy moving everywhere. And I'm like, looking, yeah, I'm looking at my hands and I can see it, it, it was mind blowing. And uh, yeah, and, 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 and I, it wears off and I feel great and clear. I don't know, I can't put my, like, I couldn't describe what changed. Something was well, different. Well, Mike, you heard that story, Mike Tyson, he smoked DMT and he literally transformed, come out of it and said, I never want to hurt another person again. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, this is, this is, this is it. It was a, it was a, a very, very, it was a, something clicked. Something clicked. And I'm, so I'm not saying that that happens for people, but no. it, it happened for me. It happened for me. And, and I felt good afterwards, like I just said. So it was like, uh, in, in any of my experiences with any type of substance, generally if there was a high, there's always an excruciating low associated with it. This was different. And I'm sure if you abuse that substance, there's gonna be a, a horrific low with it, but it's never really been that way for me. And so now we start exploring with it a little bit and, and, and uh, on, a, on a weekly basis, I, I'm, I'm smoking a bit of it and, and kind of making like a sort of a ceremony, as you might say. Not really knowing what I'm doing, but I know that. How long have you at this stage? So that's done 30. I've just turned 32. So that's probably like, uh, must be like four years ago, I suppose. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm having these, these small, these small moments with myself, but there was an intention. And, and again, I was unaware of the, what all of this even was, or how, how essential an, attempt, an intention is in, in any movement. Go into that. Yeah. It's really powerful. Really, really powerful. Yeah. So, the, having these sort of like small ceremonies, and then a few friends have come over, and this is over the space of about six months, and so I'm playing with it a little bit. I took my sources to very, very scary places with that. Um, and uh, a couple of times smoked it when I probably shouldn't have, you know, I'd have a bad day and come and smoke some DMT. And thinking about what you're doing. But I had a really, really bad experience. And that was the reflection of, you know, what I was using that in a recreational way as in trying to escape myself. And that's not how this stuff is. It's, it's, it's used to discover oneself for sure. But when you're trying to escape yourself, or it's like at the end of a hard day when you need a beer, for example, or that, type of behavior is escaping the way you feel. And, and when you try and apply that in in, in, a, in any substance, I, I believe that you're going to get a slap wrist. And a couple of times I did get a slap wrist and I scared myself a little bit. Um, so then uh, I, I was having a conversation with a friend about um, what I've been going through, life in general, just general chit chat, and then sort of stumbled upon the topic of DMT and we was having a bit of a chat about that. There was a female friend that I used to book DJs for at some parties and stuff. And she invited me to Eindhoven to, to take part in a, an 11 day retreat um, with various uh, ancestral medicines. So it was Bufo, um, which is the um, venom of the toad. It lives in the Zanora Desert. And then you've got the ayahuasca, which is the origin of the, the Amazon jungle. Uh, Cambo again, which is a 
Amazon, Amazon, uh, Amazon Jungle Medicine. So this was, this never heard of any of these things before. Uh, Rappe as well, which is the tobacco snuff. So she's, she's telling me all about all of this stuff. I don't know what it is. I've never, <laughs> never heard of it. Never heard of it, but it sounds pretty interesting. And, and based on the experiences that I had recently with the DMT, I was more than intrigued. I was like, let's go. I'm, I'm ready for this. <laughs> so I go, go to this place and, uh, well, this is, this is where this, this is where this journey really, really begins. So I go to, uh, this retreat in Eindhoven, um, completely open-minded. Uh, I, I had some expectations, I would say, I, I suppose when you're going from experience like this with, uh, unfamiliar in unfamiliar territory, it's natural that you might go on the internet and try and do some research and try and gain an understanding of what it is that you're doing. <clears throat> I didn't do too much of that, but what I did hear is from, from certain people, stories about how you would drink this medicine and you would basically be uh, shitting and sicking all night, unconscious, you know, in another world. Um, so when I heard that, I was a little bit nervous. Mm. Um, I hadn't really even, discussed Bufo or Cambo with anybody. I just went and did it. But the ayahuasca people have told me some stories about it and I was a little bit nervous to say the least. And I thought, God, I was still going to go and do it. But um, I had an expectation based on what I'd been told from others. And when you got there, was it a totally different experience? Yeah, it was It was completely different. And it, and it was, uh, it made me wait, and so I'll describe. I mean, so on the first the first day, so we did free cambo. I did bufo every day. On one of the days, I did two, so I did twelve bufos in eleven days. Ayahuasca every day for eleven days. I think I had one night off, and cambo three times. One in the beginning, one in the middle, and one at the end. So it was a very very intense eleven day, um, and and, a, and an absolute concoction of these ancestral medicines. Mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing. So the first bufo that I took, um, 5-MeO-DMT, so it's the, it's the, the rawest form of, of this molecule that you're going to get. And again, presented with this pipe and, and I smoke um, with no expectations. And as I breathe this smoke in, the room starts to shut up. And I'm only halfway through. And I continue, continue to tell him, keep going, keep going, keep going. So I keep going. Yeah, he's just trying away as soon as you yeah. touch it, right? Yeah. And, and so now we, the, the goal is to get to around 14 seconds of, and then hold that smoke. And these guys will hold your nose so that there's nothing can come out until you basically, and then they'll lay you down. But that didn't really do that for me. I, I shot so quickly to the source of all things. To the absolute. And it's very, very difficult to describe in human language what it all looks like, but everything becomes one, which is, of course, why we describe us as a species as, as one. Um, all of creation comes from one source, and so that there is no separation. And if you believe you're separate to anything, that is the mistake that you're making. Um, we are of the same source, you know, and it doesn't matter what skin color you've got, but of course, immediately, when I say the amount of information that is being downloaded in seconds is mind boggling. There is 
the realization of that there is no separation between us, no matter what you look like, what skin color you've got, whether you're wealthy or whether you're poor. There is nothing that divides us. And uh, the ideas that I've got about myself, the expectations, this this lie that I'm living about, you know, telling the world that I'm a wealthy, successful man, but actually the truth of that is a broken, scared individual. You know, all of these things are going ching, 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 ching. I could see everything. Ah, I'm free. I was free in that moment, and I'm not lying. It was like chains had been locked off me, and the intelligence that I had acquired in 20 minutes, I was lifetime. I was no longer the same person. I was no longer the same person. It all made sense, and I remember screaming with joy, crying. Yes, like I cannot laughing. Laughing. When we read a why and redone it when we read a why, I couldn't stop laughing myself. I literally, everything just was like this big, I just become a big kid. (laughs) Uh, It was just so liberating. And you know, like, uh, and it's all the, and it's all the mind. That's all we're doing is, is, is uh, rather than building new constructs on our ideas, it's, it's dismantling the ones that we've got, the current ideas and, and the current perceptions we hold, and the programming we give them. That's it. Growing up, program, 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 program. That's it. Bombarded with information from the telly, from the news, from our parents, from school. It's coming from all angles, you know, and it's all false. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of beautiful information. I'm not I'm not saying that everything in the world is false, but, you know, a lot of what we learn growing up is wrong. Bottom line. And, uh, Oh, it just—it's just all clear as daylight to me now. Yeah, boom, the clear as daylight, and I and I and I'm crying, and all of a sudden, every because I I have been in pain for a very very long time, and that ah, oh, and it it was perfect, and I just see it, the perfection in it, and I and it and it, and it happened very quickly. I see who I was, what I was, why I came to this earth, what I am beyond this body. My consciousness exists beyond this body. When I leave this vessel, my awareness of existence still remains. I never die. This realization, I never die. It's all a, it's all a lie. Like everything that I've believed about myself is not true. And oh, it was just fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, we are spirit having a human experience. Exactly, and you know, it's one thing to to say or hear that. It's another thing to really experience. experience it, yeah, it's just yeah, it's, it's absolutely. You got everyone's got to go through their own path to discover that. Yeah, and and you know what? It's not about when your time when you're ready to experience that. You will. It comes. To you. you will, and and and, and <laughs> we've got forever. Uh, by the way, you know, we are infinite beings. So there is the construct of time is just something that is placed in this reality. It works well for us, you know, and it, and it, and the construct of time is fantastic for the reality bit. In in some cases, well, it doesn't exist. So when we go beyond that, we've got forever, and we've got many many opportunities to live. And you know, some people are not going to grasp these concepts in this life, but you know, they will they will die, and they will leave the body, and in that moment, they will realize the truth. I don't ever want to come back. I've been through hell. <laughs> That's it. This is yeah, my final, final yeah, slam on it. This will, this will I'm do. doing my divine work. I'm coming home. Yeah, yeah. So I've nearly died five or six times. One more time. That's it. I'm going home. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah, so that. So what else happened on that trip that gave you something else that you took from there that was like, you know what, now I know I, know I need to become better? Was it, was it that trip that. It started then. Started it then. started then. And so, like, I described some expectations that I had for the ayahuasca, <laughs> and that was, of course, because I'd been listening to other people's opinions on it. And, and, and actually, it was quite funny. The people that had been telling me all about it had never actually done it. You know, so they're probably looking on the internet and then telling me about something that they don't even you understand. Can't coach, or you can't tell someone to do something unless you've done it. Exactly that, and which is, and which is, of course, which is why traveling for all of these experiences in life gives me the opportunity to really connect to many individuals that are going through any suffering. Same, same concept. But so we start. So the first ceremony with the ayahuasca, we sit down and we drink. Now I'm waiting for something. <laughs> ridiculous to happen and in the anticipations horrible <laughs> you're waiting i mean you're waiting to start passing like you know you think you're going to just you know pass out and then you're going to start pooing and being sick and, uh, and that's so that's kind of what i was waiting for in the beginning just petrified thinking oh my god when's it going to kick in and nothing happened <laughs> absolutely nothing so i'm like it was a bit later they asked for the second cup so i'm like yes please nothing's happening So I'm, I'm, I'm naturally, I'm like, this is shit. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, that's, that's, that was, that was what I thought because I was expecting fireworks. So I'm like, and particularly, I've just had that experience with Bufo earlier, and that was kind of what, what I was expecting. But this, on a larger scale. Yeah, but this, nothing. So I was a bit, I was disappointed. To tell the truth, I was disappointed. And then the second day, just no, but listen. So yeah, so we, we, we it takes some time. So. I, I sit four ceremonies. Now I'm sitting 11 ceremonies, so I've sat four now. Nothing's happened. Now we're doing uh, Bufo in the day as well, so I'm having profound experiences by day. But nighttime, we're drinking this medicine. Nothing's happening. I'm disappointed because there's a lot of, lot of uh, I'm excited. I wanted, you know, and people are having some profound experiences in the room, but for me, nothing's happening. <laughs> Thinking, but I'm 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 uh, I'm being sick, but I'm not getting any of these these visions Jesus. or information. Anyway, sixth and seventh day, all of a sudden, something starts to happen. I remember being on my front, rocking. And all of a sudden, these colours. I can feel it. I can feel it. it's working. Now nothing's changed. The medicine's been the same throughout. But what's happened is the plant is is getting. It's kind of it's like any relationship. We're getting to know each other. It's working its way through my body. Its spirit is working through. We're establishing uh, a common ground of each other. You know, so uh, I'm getting to know the medicine. The medicine's getting to know me. Now we start doing some work, and so it took a while for this process to start happening. And that is just the way that I see it, anyway. Um, so like I say, the sixth or seventh day, oh, now I remember standing up my, at the end of my bed and just an absolute connection between the front of my head there and the sky. It, it, yeah, something shining into my head and I am at the end of my bed. And uh, then I had my eyes closed and I was stood in front of myself and I had my hood up and I was, faced with myself and really looking quite dark and angry in, in my reflection the shadow. the shadow yeah and around me are these women dancing with these black uh like tra like in a tribe you know they wear these yes. straw yes. straw bottoms yeah. and they're all dancing around me 
So I had this dark figure of me staring back into my eyes with all of these, these ladies dancing around me. And all of a sudden, the shadow starts to separate. And it's like, it's like the spirit uh, emerges from this figure and starts to fall away. And as it does, it, this was the darkness inside of me falling out. And, and, and it's profound because the vision occurs and I fall to the floor and I sob and I cry. I'm on the floor screaming, absolutely sobbing and crying. I'm dying, dying. And going back to when I said I would die in 17 Sofa Square, I died, but not physically. It was your it was ego. A, it, was a, it was a spiritual, it was a, it was a, a, a night, night of the... Uh, Dark night of the soul, yes. and 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 so that a death occurred. Um, <coughs> it was a spiritual death, um, and so this is taking and place. You, you was transformed precisely, and 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 for and forever and ever. And uh, yeah, so that happens, and and now you know, I'm, now I now I understand. Yeah, and 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 it was cool. So lots of purging, lots of being sick involved, and uh, just. Devastating. When I when I say the emotion running through me, ah. Oh. When you've been through that much pain and trauma and everything that you went through, it <laughs> builds up. It builds up in layers and layers of your body. Uh -huh. So I can imagine that plant just literally get you release and yeah. clear that energy. Yeah, yeah. And so there's so much to do because of course people people ask the question, why do you keep doing it? Like, uh, surely if, if it is what you say it is, then, then like two or three times should be sufficient. You should be healed. Of course, that's a very naive understanding of, of what healing even is. It depends on how big the world is going to be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, I'm not saying like this, and an individual will, will, will go through this process as much as they need to until, 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 until we're in a consistent state of happiness. Of course, that, listen, life's always going to be ups and downs, but... Um, until we're in a place where we're comfortable in whatever life brings, then that's that's when I would say that you can now just live. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I go through that process, and then towards the end of that, lots and there was so many, and that was the other thing as well. There was the broadest spectrum of individuals at this place. All over the world. Yeah, and some like you know some of the people, and of course because I had a specific uh, type of person yeah, that. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and there was a particular group of people that I would only associate with right. in, in life. You know, if they dressed this way or da 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 da. da. So there was every type of person there, and I fell in love with all of them. Don't get me wrong; there was a couple that I was a little bit unsure about, or that pissed me off, or said the wrong thing, or whatever. But it was all actually positive because they rumbled me in a certain way. But anyway, I there was all of these bizarre people, and by sixth the sixth day. I'm understanding the truth of what we are and who we are and that, that like we are family. Yes. It doesn't like, you know, we're family. Absolutely. And 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 the, what we're doing right now together is sacred and special. And it it, uh, it was just so magnificent. And um then I remember on like the last day, towards the last day, it's quite daunting. It was like a golden rain coming down on me. I remember standing up against the wall with my arms crossed and you are the one. So <laughs> I went through a quite <laughs> bizarre, quite bizarre <laughs> moment with this. Now, of course, when you have this spiritual awakening, 
you can perceive it in a lot of different ways. Now, symbols, like symbolism, that is one people take things. Yeah, and 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 for me, I seriously did question whether I was actually God, like the God of all gods, or whether that I was Jesus reincarnated, or, or I was coming, to, I was coming up with very bizarre ideas and. Um, of course, I'm looking externally now, like uh, because I am. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, I, I am God, but that doesn't mean that I'm above. No, that, side. Exactly. And just because we're doing this work does not mean that we're better than anyone else. For sure, for sure. Never, ever, really. If anything, it puts us more on par with people than anything. Yeah. We can relate, we can uh-huh. talk. And so we, it's, we're not saying this, oh, yeah, we're doing this because I am better than you. It's not, no, we're doing this because. We've had our path, uh-huh. our times now come for us to do our work and to and to and to experience the truth. Yeah. And uh, so I'm interpreting this information. You are the one. I think I'm Neo at the Matrix, who's now like, <laughs> waking up. Because it's, it's, it's a lot of information you're receiving, and and you can perceive it in a million different ways. And so that it's about slowly integrating this information into reality, and yeah. and, and 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 then grounding it. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't know what that meant. You are the one. You are the one. You are the one. And I'm standing there. It felt like a very heavy thing. Yeah. You are the one. And I'm standing, scratching my head. And I'm thinking, what does that mean? What does that mean? And you know what? For me now, the way that I see it, it was uh, it was telling me, you are the one who can do this. Come on. Yeah. Come on. This is your life. The only one. Yeah, you're like a... I had a big role, I've got a big role, and uh, it's not a responsibility, it's more of an honour. Mm. But it's, uh, you are the one, come on. And, and, and I needed to hear that, because yeah. we need we need to be acknowledged sometimes and, 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 and to be told, and you know, and just to get in that voice. And so I didn't really know how to interpret that information at the time. And I remember Pierre, who was a French guy, coming standing around me, and uh, yeah, it was really special. So I then, so I did lots of different types, different bufos. I did uh, a double dose in one of them and took myself beyond beyond anything that I can describe, and, and had some very very terrifying experiences towards the end of it. You know, and some very very interesting uh, realizations and concepts were presented to me. Um, the idea of uh, infinite reality and that that uh, that one that one person may have uh, infinite selves running simultaneously and our choices and decisions maneuver us from, from different selves uh, and that, uh, that we may die in one reality, continue living in another, but be completely unaware that we've even died. Because, of course, if I was to just drop out of my body now, but then wake up in exactly the same body in another reality, I would be, it's like, it's like going to sleep at night and, and then in the morning you open your eyes you're in the same place you think, but you're not. Yeah. So all of these concepts, and I'm not saying that that is the way things are, but these these were ideas. My mind expanded, bang, and I was able to see many different possibilities of how life and 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 the universe may work. Not saying that that is how it works, but they were just ideas of how things could be, and and all of a sudden, you know, I went from being pretty blind to just blown open um and that took some time yeah of course no processes oh yeah so coming back from that retreat was a a 
again, a very, very scary and lonely process because I had a lot of ideas about life and about myself now that did not fit in the world around me. Of course, I come back absolutely blown away trying to describe my experiences. And unless you've actually been experienced, no one's going to understand it. And they're thinking I've got crackers. And, and, and then, of course, like... Uh, I, up. <laughs> I just thought, like, coming back and... Even this is once, you know, like as I as I changed as well, I, I expected everybody around me to change, and and so that that made my life conditional, you know. So it was like, you know, I have transformed myself, and I've done so much hard work. Like, yeah, I find it actually disrespectful that you still drink and take drugs. That was then, you know, that was kind of like. Uh, so all of a sudden now, my friend circle was non-existent. I didn't really have any friends. Everything got cut off. I I, I went into a very lonely place with it. I didn't know where to go. I didn't have no one to talk to. It was a really, it was another, another scary moment of the awakening, being blown open, but still very lonely with it. And I didn't have what we have now. We've got, and this is part of why we've created what we've created, is so that people can have this experience and they've got the circle yeah. and they've got you know a, a large number of people that are going to understand, support, and and, and really be there for. For us, as a, and, and 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 it's for me as well, as much as it is everybody else. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that was that was that, and then there was um, so that was the start of the journey, and uh, so how many retreats have you been on now? Lots, lots. So I was going every three months to um, to Eindhoven for about a year and a half. I went, wow. so I went a lot, spent a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but you can't put a price really on on, on what on, it gives you. No, I mean I was more than happy to sit and just sniff cocaine endlessly, you know. So this this this, this is this is this is beyond this is medicine. This yeah, is, yeah. This is taking you to do your inner work and grow as a person. And yeah, grow as a healer. Yeah, yeah. There's there, there's no there's no comparison. Um, so then. Yeah, then then we then we wanted to sort of go and experience this stuff in the jungle. Well, I've cut off a little bit of part of the story actually, and we'll go back because then I was introduced after my first experience. The, the the guy that I mentioned earlier that lived underneath me, he he come and so I was born on the thirteenth, and thirteen has has been a number that guides me quite a lot in life. And uh, he come and said that there's a drumming circle, shamanic drumming circle on the thirteenth. Would you like to come? Well, I was compelled to go because of the number thirteen. It was actually quite inconvenient, but I made sure that I went and, and I got there and I met this guy and I won't say his name on the camera, but he was a, he, well, he, he, it's not that he was, he was a very, very special man in my life for the, for the following reasons. And uh, I walked into this place and he described to me in detail some things that he shouldn't know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he said to me something about a girl and about this guy and about this and about that. And it threw me. And it made me cry. And me and my friend was, was sat crying. I'd literally just walked through the door. I was mind boggled. I've never met this dude. How do you know that? And of course and now. Is a, we both work. We yeah. both know him. Yeah. And, uh, That's an amazing man. Yeah. Incredible. And, and of course, and, and this, his influence in, in this moment of my life was, was much bigger than, well, actually, I think he knows because <laughs> he knows everything. Yeah. And, uh, he knew what he was doing anyway, and every word that he said and everything, it was always in the right moment and it, it was always what I needed to hear. It was perfect. And so that that happened. And then he, he, he took me outside and told me about 
my ancestry basically there's a lot of dark magic magic around my family line and obviously it's inherited with the vessel um unfortunately for me it was going to be my job to break the cycle of what's been going on for however long and yeah. um so this is i'm receiving this information so i'm, I'm and i'm and, and i can't disagree or disregard what this man's saying because he's just proven <laughs> that he knows he knows he knows he's just proved it so there's no way that i can dismiss or yeah like i said uh yeah incredible so then then we sat down and and in the afternoon it was uh it was quite nice i was made the center of attention for the next two or three hours in the afternoon and so they got up and um They'd done this kind of ceremony for me and they sat me in the middle and I had to look into this this uh, black glass and one stood behind me with a big spear and they had like uh, bare furs on and lots of drums around me and all dancing around me and he said you might feel something you might not I said okay fine I'm, I'm down for whatever so I'm sat looking at this thing uh, doing their thing and I'm, I'm waiting for something and I'm not feeling anything he said you feel anything I said no Oh, okay. He said, no, don't. He said, it doesn't mean anything. Don't worry. I'm all right. Cool. Set back down. Then they're doing healing. So they're bringing people up for a healing in the middle. So someone comes up and then he'll call a couple of people up to come and do a, do a healing on, on, on various people. And he calls my name. So I'm like, uh, I think it was a healing. Yeah, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he was like, you do know what you're going to do. Believe me, you know. He said, stand just stand behind her and put your hands in whatever way you want to do it. Just just go with the flow. I'm like, all right. There's about 50 people in a circle, so I'm petrified. <laughs> Stood behind this woman and everyone's banging the drums. Very powerful. So I, and, and like he said, it just happens. And, and I kind of just start moving in a certain way and I'm, and I'm sending love to this woman and, 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 it, and just, I don't know, just pushing, oh, yeah. just pushing the love that I had in my heart to her. And, uh, you know, anyway, they stop, I sit down and she comes over to me at the end and she cries and she says, I have never, ever been touched by anything like that. That was incredible. So I'm like, what? What do you mean? Like, she was <laughs> like, she said, I've been around for a very long time. She said, you have got a gift, believe me. I needed to hear that. Wow. I needed to hear that. That's it. Hearing that, yeah, same. Hearing that awoke me, you know, and it and I started to realize, you know, I am powerful, and I have got this gift, and you know, like she felt it, so it's real, and you know, and, I, and it was it was a confirmation of of what was happening for me, and anyway, stayed in contact with this lady ever since, and it's been a beautiful thing, and started attending these workshops on a regular basis, and um, he would always have something fantastic to say to me. And it was always so relevant and, and he would always get me up at the right moment and, 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 and get me doing something when I felt like I wanted to be doing something. And um, I never got left sitting there like out of place or feeling like uh, I was insignificant. Yeah, it was, it was, it, I just felt completely at home and I felt like I really had something valuable to contribute to this place. And, it, and, and, and that, give, that was all I wanted was to be loved and to be, and to be accepted for who I was and to be valued as a, as a human being and, and to actually be doing something good for others. It, it was, it was uh, the whole package was wonderful. So when I left that healing, uh, oh, nearly. when I left that healing, I, um, 
I cried for a whole week. I laid on my sofa, I remember going to work. And of course, because I didn't feel anything, nothing profound was happening apart from what was going on. So, you know, you just assume that not much has happened. But I remember sitting at my desk at work and not feeling very good at all. And obviously I have to, I've got a bit of a persona in the office where I'm, you know, I'm the boss and all the rest of it. So I'm not going to sit and start crying at my desk because that's not going to go down. Well, I actually would now, but not then. And uh, <laughs> I go home and I cry so, so deeply for, like I say, four or five days. I'm wrapped in a blanket, playing all the tunes that I now play, crying and crying and crying. So I spoke to him and I said, wow. The release that come from that and 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 uh it just blew my mind opened my mind so that drumming thing happened with with that particular group of people plus the medicine work all at once all, all <sighs> bang they, they, there it is there's your new life it's, it's done and uh here's your calling exactly that and then that welcome to your purpose <laughs> exactly, exactly <laughs> that exactly that and it's been a absolutely wonderful journey so continued and and uh we went on some trips and so then i meet jenna um she invites me to an event and i remember sitting in the front room and i get a really cold shudder come over me uh i'm aware that that means yes go for it you get that cold feeling come over you like in a someone invites you to a party or to an event for example and you get that freezing cold feeling come over you in my experience that means you better get there so I knew when I got that feeling, I said, I'm there. I've just had my cold shudder. I'm there. Don't worry about it. So I took my daughter, my mum, my auntie Tracy um, to this event. Jenna was uh, sort of facilitating and hosting this this event. And uh, yeah, she, she, she met the whole family all at once. Um, and I had my eye on her, I suppose. And, and, and of course, I just had this very profound and fast awakening. And uh, yeah, I liked, yeah, I liked her, man. And she was cool when she was doing doing the spiritual thing. And, and I was watching her and I thought, I like this girl. And um, one yeah, thing, she's, she's a powerful woman. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's been a, and it's been a, it's been a absolutely mind blowing um, almost two years. And uh, yeah, so what happens next? So we go on a retreat together. Um, Jenna Jenna uh, takes her first bufo with us, and that's an absolutely mind-boggling experience. Yeah, so that was our first retreat, and then we went and chilled in Amsterdam for a bit and relaxed, and it was nice. And and, and then we then we booked a trip to go to Colombia. So we went to Bogota with the same organisation that I'd been doing my European retreats with. And um, oh wow, what a trip! And this is where um, the dream, the real dream, uh, presented itself. Um, so a lot, a lot of work had gone in prior to this moment. So we've gone on this trip for 12 days, I think it was, but we had seven ceremonies with various maestros or shaman or whatever you want to call them. Um, but they come from different families. So we had a different family every night. I think one, one or two families did a couple of ceremonies, but generally it was a different energy every night. It was a completely different experience that was associated with the family's energy. And uh, they had a different way of doing things, different songs to sing, different uh, applications of healing. It was uh, very interesting and you, know, you learn a lot, but this is where the, the vision come. And I remember laying on the bed, deeply engrossed, and you can hear all the animals in the jungle making their noises and the medicines beginning to work. Um, 
generally what happens for me I, I, you have to wait on this time it'll be something comes no this is coming this is away. working straight away and, and now now i've kind of broken the seal with the medicine so I, that's the relationship it maintained you know i can go back into the medicine now and it's it works pretty much straight away for me so um yeah so we're we're like four four days in i believe and um yeah had a very profound moment where i s just envision the most beautiful thing taking place and it was inviting friends and family for various different types of healing and the whole structure of how we was going to do it um you know we was going to offer um yoga we was going to offer uh, like a, a crystal healing with some drumming um and then even some medicine work was involved in the visions um again and, and, and up until this point there had been no no uh I was never striving to to, to, to to do what we do now. It just come it was overnight. It um, shown. It was it was shown to me. And I remember saying to Jen, <laughs> like, when we get back, we need to do this, this, and this. Um so we, we continued with the with the holiday, uh with the holiday, with the retreat, and it was very profound, very, very deep, lots and lots of healing taking place. Literally when we got back, um within a day or two things were happening. People were coming through the door, um, and we was doing some really, really magical work, and it was just insane. It was just insane, and you know, and I was ready. I was ready. I was in a place where um, I had really been able to see the trend. And this is the, and this is only my personal opinion, but when you've got a really, really true idea and perspective of yourself, you have something really true and authentic to offer others. You know, and if and if there's um, if you're blind to yourself, uh, um, it, it, it simply limits what you can see in others. That's all, you know, and, and, and what's required is absolute honesty in, in all areas of your life, you know. Um, so that that was where I was with it. And people were coming through the door and they were having extremely profound experiences. And, and that in itself was enough. It sealed the deal for me. Just from you doing this amazing work on people and 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 you know within four or five months there'd been a lot of people had come through the door and they were transformed people that had been uh drug addicts drinking severely depressed suicidal gone no drink no drugs yeah. don't not to say that their life's now perfect that would be no, ridiculous it's on a better path to oh. coming back and eating them smiling <laughs> and, and glowing and looking well and, and then people coming back and explaining what's happened and, and and now I'm starting to see the power of what is here and what's what's possible on a on a not only on a you know, on a personal level but the energetic level that you give me when you transform me I had years and years of hurt and pain and trauma and nearly dying and everything was built up for me and then when you've done your healing on me I had the, one of the biggest releases I've ever had, but it was, it was euphoric. Mm. It was like just layers. I could feel it just coming off of me. And I was like, I've never had any healing like this before in my entire life. Mm -hmm. um, That's what I'm saying. And, and so that, you know, just observing that, because, um, you know, there's a little, there was a little part of me in the beginning of all this that doubted, you know, thought, well, should, am I qualified to be doing what I'm doing? Am I good at what I'm doing? Am I actually doing anything at all? Is this all in my head? Am I going crazy? 
And that also presents another journey in itself is, is, is really owning your greatness. And, uh, and that's not being overpowering in that respect, being humble entirely, but knowing the power that you hold. And that is not just me, that is us. That is all of us. And when we can all access these, these uh, powers from within. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So it doesn't matter what anyone's going through right now. We know, well, we know personally, but if they can get the belief and go, I can get through this. Uh-huh. They might be able to listen to this story that day and go, you know what, he's been through a lot. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. If he's been through that, there's there's hope there's hope and that's and that's the key word is hope and you know um because for me there wasn't any Mm. it it was completely blind i i I didn't know any of this was coming Uh, as far as i was concerned this was how my life was going to go for the rest of my life and that was why that was why suicide was an option because the the i imagine like 10 15 years ago whatever it was i mean when 10 years ago you're 32 now visioning what's taking place now it, it it's mind-boggling yeah. it, I, my my brain couldn't have imagined something so spectacular in prison and then coming out going back to the old ways but now coming back and having this oh, elevated into into your gift into your power into your purpose but being shown it it's so like, it's so amazing given it like it's yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's two totally different yeah, it's, 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 but it's that, and again, it's like uh, we can even speak a little bit about duality, and 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 that that plays out for all of us in our lives in some way or another. So it's like a pleasure and pain, yeah. um, hot and cold. You know, there's an opposite yeah. of all things. Yeah. Exactly that, and that and that is what makes a whole. You can't have one without the other, and um, and exactly that, and in the same way. Um, the dark and the light and it doesn't look that's just how i'm describing it dark and the light you could say it's pleasure and pain or whatever however you want to describe it but it's a duality which makes a whole and 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 i couldn't have grasped or even imagined or even you know this this what's happening in my life right now it wouldn't be possible without all of that darkness oh, of yeah and that gives you strength when you go into healing as well for sure for sure, and and that's where we find hope. If we can, if we can grasp the idea of duality in life, and know that, because um, uh, even even still now, but I I know the flow of life, and this is how it goes. It's yeah. up and down. It's oh. up and down. It's like the the yin and yin and yang, as you just said, hot and cold, pleasure and pain. Um, it, it it forms a whole, and we can't have one without the other. And 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 for sure, um. You know the, the 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 spiritual path is working through darkness and essentially essentially aiming towards the light. Um, and so that is uh, the experience is going through the duality of existence. And you know, so my understanding of life now, because that was the other the other part of my. So when when I started a healing journey, my my in my mind, I thought that I would eventually arrive at a place where suffering does no longer exist where i'm not going to be in any pain anymore where i'm not going to be sad anymore where where depression and anxiety doesn't reside and um and that in some cases is is correct but you are still going to be confronted with difficult situations and um respond to them exactly and you're still going to feel um human emotion you're still going to feel the emotions that, that we have within our capacity which which in some cases is really, really hard to 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 uh, go through, but um, it's what makes the whole thing so beautiful. That it's an emotional journey, 
our suffering's a journey. Yes. Um, and, and when you can really start to see it from this angle, all of a sudden it, it changes. You're no longer a victim of it, you know? Um, that raises our consciousness, raises our vibration. Exactly. Learning, growing, something happens to us, but being able to be aware of is actually a good in this. Yeah. Like, I've had multiple accidents, like uh -huh. near-death accidents. If I hadn't happened to them, I wouldn't be sitting here being talking to you now. Exactly that. So I'm very, very grateful for my dark times. Because uh -huh. I last year I had a car accident and was squashed by a lorry. But because I'd had a couple of major accidents before that and nearly died and whatever, I knew every day I was just like, meditate, read, watch something positive, watch something that makes me laugh. Five months off work with my arm in a sling, like doing nothing, sitting yeah. at home, it depressing. Kept having panic attacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like this slope like that. I was like, I know there's going to be something amazing out of this. Mm -hmm. Just keep doing your work, keep doing your work, keep doing your work. And then I met you, mm -hmm. and I met Jenna. Mm -hmm. And then I had the healing, and then everything just transformed. Boom. And it's been an absolute, like, now a rocket ship. Yeah, yeah. And like, this year could have been any greater already, yeah, you know, yeah, and it's yeah. just like, but I knew I had to do my work, uh -huh. and it was, I knew I had to do it for a reason, yeah. and now I'm on this healing journey, yeah, 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 yeah. I've yeah. got people coming to me already, yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah. Um, like, we're, we're going and doing private ceremonies with my friends, uh -huh. and everything's just evolving now, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, watching your journey and hearing about your journey, and obviously, the parallels of it is yeah, like yeah. now mine's starting to evolve uh -huh. and I'm learning so much from just sitting here today and just yeah. hearing about how it's happened for you. It's, yeah, it's yeah. inspirational, it really is. It certainly is. It certainly is. And we was just we were just saying off camera a moment ago that um you know it's it's uh when I was when I was twenty two uh or in my madness, you know, this sitting and watching this video may not have appealed to me, but you know, later on in my in my journey, where I was absolutely desperate for change, but just didn't know where to go with it, this this could have been a life saving moment. Just yeah. just hearing this story, yeah. and that's and that's all it is. It's about um, just creating the opportunity to change one life mm -hmm. through uh, you know it it it, it uh, amplifies the possibility of, of this story being heard by recording this video. You know, and it, it creates a greater chance of somebody stum stumbling across. Um, and, and like in this in this scenario, I've, I've come across a light at some point, which has lit me up. And then, you know, I've, I've uh, done the same to others, lit them up, and then they go light someone. And this is, this is how the world is going to change from an inward revolution, is that we start lighting each other up. Um, and, and no one's above anyone in all of this. We're all serving a very, very important purpose. The world's, um, the world's having a big transformation right now. Yeah. And as you, I think it's, it was you put on Facebook, mate, there's going to be a lot of people waking up this summer. Yeah. Like, it's very exciting. You can really feel the energy changing. It's very people exciting. People are eating better now. Yeah. People are looking after themselves. They're, they're getting curious about the spiritual path. Uh -huh. um, so it's, it's all slowly up unfolding, yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Oh, it's incredible. Right. It's, what, what's most beautiful is that some people who, and see, I've got still, 
because I went for a moment where I had my change and then it was like uh, that kind of separated me from society in some areas. But I'm in a place now where complete acceptance of all what is and it and it's like so that doesn't that means that I can associate with any person, whether they're spiritual, whether they're not, or um it doesn't it really doesn't matter. But what's what's beautiful about it is that people that had no no capacity or comprehension for this type of uh, uh way of awareness or way of seeing two years ago, three years ago, when when I was at the very early stages of my eye opening. They're starting to come around now and starting to become interested. And they're the individuals that you would never have guessed. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're the people that, that were completely, I didn't know you were doing that. I completely you. against it all, thought like I was a lunatic, yeah. like you're this, you're that, and probably had a lot to say about me behind my back. Um, and you see them coming and having yeah. a little bit of interest now. And I'm like, ah, what did I say? What did I say? I said, I'd see you. And that's what that's what this summer's this summer's all about. I think it's uh, we're going coming together. Like we're going to put something on together, like yeah. a big festival where we can have everyone just come down, feel, get some healing, yes. learn about it. Uh, yeah, like there's just all these things like slowly, slowly coming together, and I think we're gonna have a really, <laughs> really good summer with just teaching people about this and give. Passing the healings on, and I think we even we spoke about going to go to Peru and do a yeah. do a trip over yeah. there. So, talking about that, let's talk about some of your your Peru trips. Yeah, so perhaps that might be yeah, 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 yeah. In as well, yeah. So, so we went Colombia, and that's when the vision really comes to me, um, and uh, the idea of of, of offering a, a spiritual service to the world, or initially in the vision it was it was a safe place so it was friends and family or people that were going to accept uh the idea yeah. there was the the idea was very small and uh but i did also have this vision of this house and this beautiful place and this the, the, the where we're currently actually sitting which yeah. is quite interesting yeah so we and, delve into that a little bit yeah. how it all come about was yeah, so it started off with a very small vision and we was living in a house in Brentwood and so that we'd have like uh, groups of people and we had to move the sofas out the front room to, to be able to get all the people because literally it went crazy and we'd have like 30 people in the front <laughs> and like, uh, yeah, it, 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 got, it went mad very, very quickly and at that point I knew we was on to like, this wasn't, this wasn't, this wasn't just any old dream. This right. was happening. Yes. And, uh, so yeah, so it was it was um, not ideal, and of course we're living in a neighbor, normal neighbourhood, so we've got all sorts of stuff going on, like drums banging all hours of the night, <laughs> and people uh, having some exorcism type experiences where they're screaming and, and making some very I bet very. Your neighbours loved you. Well, probably not, and I would have. <laughs> they probably because you know, again, on the surface, as we walk out the door, we look like normal. And I'm not saying we're not normal, but we, we look like Joe Bloggs. But then uh, by night, there is some very peculiar noises <laughs> coming. So it's not even a drug then. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> it, was, it was even weirder than that. The noises, like, <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 very strange. But um, so we knew at some point. So in, in, in my vision, there was this, and it's it, it wasn't exactly the house we are, but it was a it was a nice big house, and magical things were going to take place there. And um, so we was we was aiming to uh, my my tenancy was up at that place, and so that I thought the way things were progressing with this work, it would be 
time to move. Now's a good time. So we went and had a look and we was looking at all different places and uh, we was just driving home and the lady come back to us and said, I've, this house has literally just come on the market. Would you like to go and have a look at it? And I quickly scanned through the pictures and I was like, we need to turn around. So we turned around and as we pulled up outside, I already know. I was like, this is the one. I didn't even look inside, I knew. We got and she showed us there was a basement and there was like a big, beautiful garden and and it was perfect and it wasn't it wasn't modern, it wasn't flash, but it was still smart and a nice house. It just ticked all the boxes. So I was like, well, we're moving in. Send me the paperwork, I paid a deposit, da, 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 da. And, and and we moved in and the summer just passed. Well, I can't tell you. It has just been mind-blowing. Like uh, the work that we've done here, the gatherings that we've had, the ceremonies that we've had, the people, we've had hundreds of people through the door um, and, and just made a really, really beautiful contribution to this 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 uh, healing for, for humanity. Um, and it's just the very, very beginning of it, which is so exciting because what I've seen take place already is huge. But what's to come? Well, um, and it's a plan over the next 20 years for me. I was describing to some guys downstairs in the breathing and yoga. My dream is not, it's not an immediate thing, but over the next 20 years, I'm going to turn into an older man. And by, and you know, when I arrive at 50, 60 years old, I want to have my tribe yeah. and, and, and our people and, 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 and a place of a place where we live freely and a place where we grow our own food and, and there, you know, place of love and a place of unity and our children grow up like not, not school intelligent, life intelligent. Well, the schooling system is still teaching people at 70 years of age or in textbooks. Like. This is, it's, it's ridiculous and there is so much information that, you know, everything that I've learned has not come from a, a book or it's come from a connection to something that I don't understand or, or I kind of do understand it, but it's beyond my understanding. And this information comes and just become very, very smart through uh, the dedication to this, these practices and whatnot. So yeah, it's a really exciting time coming. And yeah, so I'll um, I'll tell you a little bit about the last trip. So we went, so me and a friend Luke went to Brazil. Um, that was the trip before last. And so we went to go and visit the Baranawa tribe in, in Brazil. Really, really beautiful experience. And uh, so we got there <coughs> and it was an absolute mission to get there hours and hours of traveling and uh yeah we arrived and then we've got our suitcases on the back of mopeds and we're going into the jungle and we've got nothing but a hammock and a suitcase and then beautiful beautiful forest and these guys play music non night and day fabulous musicians Amazing. yeah it was absolutely incredible and a very very tough experience i mean it sounds quite straightforward going into the jungle but you know when you strip yourself of all of the things that you're, you're so used to having mobile phones and uh social media uh whatever it is you know good food all of these things sweets whatever um strip yourself of all of that stuff for a couple of weeks and see what happens in there in the jungle like you're in the middle of nowhere yeah like you can't just come home no no, and, and and at times you do think, what the fuck am I doing? But you know that that's, <laughs> that's the mind trying to worm its way okay, out of a difficult situation. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we had some ceremonies there that were really, really special and it was just, just a lot of singing and a lot of dancing and a lot of celebration. And we played some really cool games by day 
like we would fight with the girls like real like we there was a i've got some fabulous pictures where it's a ceremony itself so the, the men come in and they have this great big whip and you have to go in the middle and they go whip you across the back um yeah that sounds like, a bit painful <laughs> they got me quite bad on the side there but of course you're hyped up and you're in it and you've got all your all your face paints on and you're going in big beast mode you know in warrior mode so it's all good and uh lots of different games that they play uh where the girls will basically bash you up and give you a wet <laughs> grab your balls and pinch you and punch you and all that yeah we got bashed up by the girls so that was funny and, uh, and they, they have no tops on as well, so there's boobs everywhere. And it's, it's carnage, but it's fantastic fun. And uh, lots of ceremonies. But what I realised, because when I got on that trip, normally I've got an intention when I go to a trip, or a lot of the time I'm, I'm finding life quite uncomfortable, or I'm getting a little bit down. Or, this you know, time using a good Yeah, and, I, and so the, when I went there, <coughs> in the medicine, it kind of left me with like, what's my purpose for being here? Which then led me to discover the reason why I was there. And, you know, I was able to see that the tribes have got uh, an ancient, uh, so so basically their the information never gets lost. So in our generations, our families are broken, uh, mum and dad, mum goes over there, dad goes over there. Any knowledge that is worth knowing gets lost. And that was lost for us a very long time ago. But in these environments, in these types of, in this tribe environment, the sacred knowledge is passed from generation to generation. It never gets lost. It never changes. And it never changes. Exactly Precisely, it's tradition. Yeah. So um, that is what they've got, is, is sacred, ancient knowledge that is, that's been held forever. But on the other hand, um, what I was able to see is that um, due to the cities expanding, due to the availability of, uh, of alcohol and drugs now, and this is, this is all over, uh, cocaine, cannabis, uh, alcohol, whatever it might be. Now some of the tribes, you know, some of the tribes are stealing from each other. They're starting to take drugs and they're starting uh, to, you know, there's the, these things that we're experiencing here are now starting so to... The Western world's going over there. Yeah, and, and, and of course the cities are expanding and the city makes all of this stuff available. You know, so these some of these guys are going out and getting pretty fucked up and coming and, and infecting their sacred tribe, really, so to, like, so to speak. And, and it was uh, it was in this moment that I sat and I realised, you know, because they haven't yet experienced the depth of this darkness, I have. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you in advance that what's going to happen. You go down that road and see all of this beautiful family that you've got sitting in the. Because for us, I go there. I come from a not a listen. I I, I come from a, a a good family, but it's a broken family nonetheless. Now my idea of a, a, a perfection in terms of family is mum, dad, brothers, sisters, cousins, all of us together. But we actually love each other and adore each other and, and, and thoroughly enjoy each other's company. That is my idea of heaven in terms of a family union. But this is it, and I go there and I I see the chief and I see the son and I see the daughter and I see and I cry. Because of the beauty of this this thing, right? so innocent. Oh, and it and it and it, and it was just just so pure and love, and they're all singing together and dancing and like. But they've only got any money. Yeah, they've got nothing. But they've got but they've got but they've got everything. They've got the forest, and that's all they need. And and but again, now the the, res so the resources are being taken. Yeah, they've got this pureness about them that. that that is slowly in some kind. This is not. This is not. I'm not saying this is. But what I experienced on this particular occasion was that the, the um, 
chief's son had been out drinking alcohol the night before the ceremony. And for some reason, I had this connection with this particular dude. I, not, I just, there was just something about him that was familiar to me. Yeah. <clears throat> so when I, so one of the girls that was kind of staying with the, uh, with the tribe and had been there for some time, she explained to me that she was really upset. And I said, tell me what's wrong. And she explained to me that some of the guys now are starting to drink and starting to take mm. drugs um, and blah, blah, blah. And she said that this particular guy had gone out and, and it had been drinking. So I was like, you know what? I've got something very valuable for this guy. So I wrote a big, long piece of writing and told all about my life, and all about my drug taking and about how I, I've never had the family. It's like, what you have got here is, is everything I've ever wanted. And, and the reason I travel all this way around the world is to experience what you've got. Believe me, because they, they've, got, they've got access to Facebook. So they're looking at our houses and our cars and all of this stuff. They believe that we live in heaven. Now, I can understand why it looks like that, but it's not the truth. It's not the truth. But if, and then we're looking at them, thinking that they live in heaven. Of course, it's very human of us to look outside of ourselves and believe that, that the grass is greener on the other side. So I, I then, then see that, you know, it's not about, again, following their lead or following our lead, but combining what we've got. Coming as one. Precisely that. And, and, and the way that I see it, because of what you just said there, that, uh, their tradition is carried from the past, from thousands of years. So they've got, um, essentially, they're carrying the essence of the past. We're carrying the essence of the future. Because if you compare their tradition to our current way of living, we are living the way of the future, technology and all the rest of it. They're living the ancient, sacred way of the past. If we can combine the future and the past, yeah, and so we bring that, and then we bring that into the present moment. That is, and that was that was the realization I had. They they are the past, I am the future, and we are as we sit here now, the present moment. We've got the dark, they've got the light. Exactly. That. <laughs> but what's happening? What's happening is a is a is a shift where they're now having to experience the darkness, and we're experiencing the light. Yeah. So we see a lot of our people going over there, that Westerners going over there, they're learning the traditions and bringing it back. Precisely, precisely. But it's uh, it's it's like it is, or as you're saying, it's like you can feel it merging. Yeah. And it, about it like yeah, that. and it yeah. needs and it needs to merge rather than rather than us following one way or another. We need to bring because because learn, let's learn. Yeah, because they because they they they've got so much to learn about our, our way of life, and and so much of our life is actually valuable and worth knowing. But at the same time. We've lost the ancient the ancient way of living, you know. So if we can bring that, and I and I only Natural know medicines, uh, all of that, we, we only know yeah. we only, we're living the, with a, a a life that society society expects, you know, and, and doing and we're doing all the puppet stuff. But underneath that is a sacred practice taking place, which is the ways of the of the past, um, and this is what's saving us in the now. Um, practicing these things, so yeah, very interesting, and that was that was what I got from that trip. It was to it was the, the merging, the merging of the two the two realms, so to speak. Because essentially, as well, when you are that far away from home, and that was the way that I see it, when you get on a plane and go halfway around the world, essentially you're in a different dimension. Mm. There's nothing to say that that the, the, like uh, essentially you're different dead. Land, different languages. Yeah, you're dead to this world because you're thousands of thousands. You know, there's. Um, so yeah, very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. And then um, 
I had a trip, so I've had a few. Trip in Costa Rica, which is where I met the Shipibo. Um, had uh, went to a retreat called Saltara. Um, it was like quite a commercial retreat, but the best, the best, it was clockwork. Uh, the place was run uh, to the highest of standards. It offered five star accommodation, but also you got the you got the traditional ancestral way of, of ayahuasca. So it was great because you had your ceremony and then got in a double bed of air conditioning. So it was the best of both worlds. But um, I had some really really cool transformation, and that is and that is where I I met um, Sui, who's a maestro, so Sui and Sylvia. So then a little bit later on. And for people who don't know what a maestro is, maestro is a shaman or a healer. Yeah. They run the ceremony. Correct. Yeah. Um, so that was where I met Sui. Um, so then uh, quite recently, I had a little bit of a wobble, got a lot of stuff going on with work. And uh, and of course, this this transition in my life is kind of offering me a new path. And so that what I can see that um, my business offers me a lot of stress. And, and of course, the reason that I wanted a business uh, or wanted to be involved in business was because I was so driven by money. Um, of course, money is essential to exist and so that, but my idea of what how money plays out in my life now is not the same as it was, so that my drive for business is a lot less than it was yet. And and so that the idea of putting myself through such stress to achieve something, i.e. money, which is something that I don't really want anymore, it, it just feels so uncomfortable and wrong. So I'm being presented with this new path, but I've got a, a lot of transition is happening and it's very, very difficult and very, very painful and very, very confusing and and uh, sometimes I find myself in a state of fear, and it's it's off. It's all part of the journey. But anyway, so I I, I knew that I needed to go on another trip, and uh, I took my friend with me. We went to to meet Sui um, in Peru. So this was just a couple of months back. Um, we got there. It was the, the most difficult the most difficult trip I've ever been on. It was it was really really tough. So it was plant diet um initially and then there were some ceremonies towards the, the later part of it um and it started off difficult you know we, our bag didn't follow us to peru so we got there all we had was the clothes that we was wearing luckily i'd made a mistake book, booking a connecting flight so our bags just turned up before we went we got there anyway then uh then it's another flight to Bukapa. i don't know if i said that right but that's how i say it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got there um six o'clock in the morning then we get on a this little tuk-tuk down to the down to the where the boats are at the clock tower get on this boat we're all waiting and this 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 holiday or this retreat or this trip whatever you want to call it it was a waiting game the whole way through it was yeah. testing you testing your patience everything involved waiting and it was and i don't like waiting <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we get on the boat, we waited for a few hours first actually, and then we go. So we set off down and it's about two and a half hours down the Amazon River. Um, it was beautiful. By this time we're shattered anyway, so I'm kind of half asleep. We get there. Then they've got their sort of tribe headquarters, so to speak. Um, and then we go on a walk. Now I'm assuming that we're staying in one of these wooden shacks, but no, we're we're walking into the jungle now. So I'm like, they've put our bags on a little back of a motorbike, and we's off. So now we're going for a stroll. So I asked how long. He says about an hour. We're going to be walking for. I said, all right, cool. It's absolutely scorching hot. We're walking along, sweating hot. Got got to this 
it opens up. Now there's some buildings here. They've made like a little place to cook food. They've made some little like uh, shacks. Um, there's a set, the big ceremony sort of uh, Maloka has been built. Um, so I'm like, cool. So this, he tells us this is the diet center. So I'm like, all right, cool. So we've just arrived. We go over, we're pretty tired. And it's just a, a wooden shelf um, and a wooden floor. Now they've asked, they said, they recommended that we bring a, like a blow up bed. Jenna's bought me a blow up bed that can only be blown up by electricity. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're in jungle. Yes, and there's obviously no fucking electric. So I'm like, electric, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, shit, man. So what am I sleeping on? So he gives us this thin little mat. So I put that on the floor, and it's cool. All right. So then we put a little mosquito on it over it. Now I'm laying on it, and it's really not comfortable. So I basically sleeping on the wooden floor. So I said, Sue, you're gonna have to get a couple more mats up here, geez. And uh. He brings them over for us. So that was it. We we take a look around. We're in the middle of the jungle, miles and miles and miles in. And it starts to sort of sink in that you're not going to be going anywhere for nearly two weeks. And there's nothing. So you're just, you're just <laughs> in a wooden hut in the middle of the jungle. And there's a swamp there. And, and when I've arrived, my head quite crackers. My head's a bit messed up. So... We're like four or five days now. So the first first morning is vomitivo. So we we, we drink <laughs> from a bucket. That says it all. <laughs> I've done that once before, but this time, but this is John's first time for all of this as well. So I'm getting a little bit excited to get. So it's like a burn. It's like a so they they did it with lemongrass before, but they they made it out of a particular plant. I, I, I'm not going to pretend to know that I I, that I know what the plant was, but it's a plant that was readily available where we was. And they make this drink and so that you drink from a bucket, drink, 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 until you cannot drink anymore. It's always in your stomach. In the end, you're literally, you're naturally just spewing up. And then he asks you to do it again. So you keep going, 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 and then, and then you go. So three times you do that. <laughs> just to clear out the top, the, the top half, like the stomach and whatnot. Um, then they give you like a shot of this. It was like garlic and onion or something up the nose. It wasn't that, but it, that's what it smelled like up the nose, it's, it's like, okay. So that was the first morning of waking up. And so that was that was it. And then they walk off and that's it for the day. You just sat there. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's a long old day. I'll tell you, we get up at half five in the morning, the sun's bright at half five. And it got to nine o'clock in the morning and it felt like you'd been there all day. And, I, and I'm like, what, what are we gonna do? So you spend a bit of time meditating. What's the time? Ten o'clock. <laughs> you know, it went on. It was relentless. It just went on, and then and then. So there's no food or nothing at this point either. So you've got nothing to look forward to. So now you're starting to really see the truth about what's happening in here. And I'm going berserk. Second day comes over. He's got a bit of a smile on his face now. He's got this drink. Drink this. Cole, it's something to do. It's something to do. Like, you know, and, and I'm absolutely starving now, so anything will do. Drink. And he smiles. He says, uh, 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right, whatever. Oh, and then, uh, so John Boy's next to me. So I'm like, come on, son. And he's like, fuck off. He's got the ump. Because when we've got there, he was like, mate, what is this? I'm like, this is this is this is it, mate. And he's like, what? Like, 
and then dates here. What, what are we gonna do? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, let's just get through it. Just get through it. So I'm like, come on, mate, you gotta get this down here. So he comes out, and I said, come on, you gotta get that down. He's like, no, I don't want it. And I said, come on, mate, you've travelled all this way. Let's let's have a just get it down here. So he gets it down him. Now I'm laying, I'm laying, waiting for something drastic to happen. Right? Cool. Twenty minutes past, nothing. Half hours past, I'm cool. He's spewing his guts up badly, like really in a bad way. Does not stop being sick. Now I'm like a little, little bit of a chuckle next door. So I'm thinking I'm sweet. Right? <laughs> I've got a it. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, brrr, it was like a like a snake inside my stomach, a rat. <laughs> oh, here we go. So I'm running down to the toilet, which is about a it's about a two minute walk from our hut. So we, we took this drink and we're running. I'm 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 going to the toilet. Going to the toilet, going to the toilet, going to the toilet. It was it was all day, and and I'm thinking like, how on earth can I still be going to the toilet? It was just literally a clear out beyond beyond anything I've ever experienced, <laughs> and literally hanging onto the tree out the front there, just <laughs> got him spewing up. I'm just I couldn't. I didn't, didn't have the energy to get there. Didn't have the energy to get there in the end. Uh, and in the end, I'm just crawling back into bed, and then I'm like, oh no, again, oh back out. Then back in bed again. Oh, it was horrendous. Like by the end of it, because we've been going all day, just sicking and 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 pooing. By the end of that day, I was blown out. So I, I slept quite well that night. Um, next day comes. I'm thinking like, oh, what's happening? What's what's happening today? That's amazing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. You sit there. Okay, all right. So it's a whole day, and I and I'm not gonna bore you with it. But I, I tell you, it it was really tough. <laughs> just the day. You know, we took some angel cards with us and we took some rapes and we would share a rapé. We would obviously sit and talk for a bit, but you know, there were still so many hours in the day. And by six o'clock at night, it was pitch black, so much so that you couldn't see that far in front it's of still you. Still warm. It was still warm, but it was pitch black dark and we had no phones or anything. So no, there was no light. And so we couldn't see that far in front of us. So we had a, we had these little mosquito things that would try and get the mosquitoes away. We'd be sat on a mat on the floor with this net round us in the pitch black. So by six o'clock, you really wanted to be getting asleep. First few nights were cold because we'd been clearing out and we was physically exhausted. How long was you there for? We was in that scenario for 12 days. Wow. So and so now I'm starting to understand what it's like to be kidnapped and thrown in a hole, because that's what it felt like. This is what it feels like when you've been kidnapped and, and starved. But <laughs> that's what it was. It's what it, what it was horrendous. And and my mind, I tell you what, I've never never seen it in such in such extreme flight. But it was just vicious anger and. Oh, I wanted to rip my skin off. I just wanted out of this body. Like, I wanted to get out. It was horrible. And then you had like a little bucket to wash with, with some leaves in it and that, and uh, which actually come from a pool with more frogs in it. And, oh, it was, it was cold. It was cold. I, I, I loved the experience. So we've got to like the fifth day now. But I'm like, are we not eating the whole time? Because I can't do that. <laughs> I need, I like my food, and that was the most challenging part. I think is having the food taken away. The thing is, if you'd have gone in with the mindset of I'm fasting for five days. Like you, you I would have been prepared. prepared. But when you go in there thinking, oh, I'm still going to eat, and then all of a sudden you're getting food, yeah. then you get it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because that was the only comfort I had, and you've taken it away from me, sort of thing. And yeah, it was difficult. So, but like on the fifth day, so he'd come in the morning, because he'd come and check on us in the morning, but then you wouldn't see him again all day. And it was like, 
even just a little visit from them kind of broke the day up a little, you know, because you, you thought they might have something exciting, which they never did. And uh, so really it was, mind, playing mind games. Yeah, oh, it was, but it, it, I think it was it was done in a subtle, uh, in a in a perfect way. It was rumbling me, and I know it was rumbling my pal as well. We was we was by the fifth day, we were both in bad shape, and uh, he was like, "I'm going." I said, "You're not. You ain't going anywhere, mate. Trust me." Yeah. So. Um, Fifth fifth morning he comes with a big smile on his face in the morning. He said, Ayahuasca. <laughs> so he was like, Wee! So he was like, Yeah. So so what he means is we're gonna make it. So we go, we pick the Shakuna, he's got the yellow vine buried in the floor for some reason. I don't know what I think that might he might have picked it and then wants to keep it preserved for a later date. I'm assuming that was the idea of that, the method to his madness. So anyway, we pick the ingredients and we sit and we bash it all together. I've got some cool videos of that. It was a nice, nice experience. So we spend the morning doing that. It was quite tiring. We, I, I haven't eaten for God knows how long. So I, just holding this hammer is a difficult thing to do. And, uh, but we're happy to be doing something. So we cook the medicine. So he's cooking now. He tells me three hours, it'll be done. So I'm like, cool. Ceremony tonight? No. Manana. Like, Go away, another day. <laughs> no, no, you just, you just chopped it all up. Yeah, he's just carrot, carrot always oh. there, like so. But then he comes, so then we, so then we go back to the shacks. I'm pissed. I'm like, he's doing it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so then we go back. Oh, but God. now we've got something to look forward to because we know ceremony tomorrow, so I can get through tonight. Yes. And and I forgot to mention that. So it was boiling hot one moment and absolutely pissing down like the most torrential rain you've ever seen. That was the contrast. And in between, it was just deadly humid so the mosquito situation was was like i've never experienced you got up in the night for a week yep. and you would be look like you got chicken pops in the morning absolutely eating alive and of course when you get up for a week they land on you and then you get in your nets and they're inside and they'll have you we were with a pair of us were covered head to toe and then by the third day scratching the, oh. the mosquito you know the whole body covered and then our mats that we were sleeping on were, were damp and wet it was tough in the dark on a damp mat, getting bit, bit hit by mosquitoes with no food, no nothing. It was like in the dark. Oh, going going crackers. It was like, but it was good to 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 push yourself to that to that level. Um, yeah. So then the ceremony comes, and uh, so this is like uh, I think we've been there nearly, I think nearly like seven days now. No, this is the first ceremony. So we go down. We're all we're all ready. We're there. Bang on. I think ten minutes before we were meant to be there, we sit down. And we wait some more. We wait some more. I'm saying that. 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 i am just after I've said that. <laughs> but he doesn't know I've said that. And he comes in and he serves the medicine. Bang. It's a relief. Because I know that all of this anger is going to come out of me in a minute. Based on my experience with this medicine. And I have been rumbled more than I've ever been rumbled. So I'm quite excited to, to let go of this. And uh, we take the medicine and we lay down. And it's very, very strong. I mean, immediately I drink it and it's alive inside me. Lay down, I get quite a cold sensation come over me within 40 minutes. I'm 
really being sick from the depths of me. Like it's pulling, you can feel, it's like kind of pulling everything out of you as you're being sick. Really hurting, come from really deep within. Interesting ceremony, and then they sing an ikaro, which is uh, like a healing song. So it's the <coughs> song of the plants. And I experienced this once before with Sui in uh, Costa Rica, really, really magical. And uh, so the idea is that it's the plant singing through the, the maestro. Um, and of course, so in our traumas or in our, in any type of traumatic experience, it gets stored in our bodies and in our, in our physical, which, right, yeah, right. which, so we've got like energetic meridians and, and these traumas sometimes create blockages in certain points of the body, which creates certain illnesses in physical forms or depression or whatever it is is that so the idea of the ikaro is to to relay a new map over these specific points which then creates a new new place for this energy to flow sounds quite far-fetched how could a song do such a thing um i've experienced <clears throat> it i felt it uh again this is an experiential thing go and see for yourself what this this magic can do um so that's what happens so generally they wait for you to have this big purge is to get all of this energy out of you and then they sing their songs to you. So we were really lucky. We had three healers singing to us wow. at once. Really powerful. Second night was where it was at. Um, so the second night was a meet like the night after and I drank the medicine and it was, it was that moment, not that I've always been waiting for, but I've kind of given up with that now, you know, looking for visions and looking for pretty colours and, 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 and jaguars and unicorns and all the rest of it. That's just an added bonus to whatever process you go through if you manage to see these these wonderful things. But on this particular occasion, within 10 minutes, my whole body went turned to ice. God. Laid. And then I got this overwhelming fear. And, and I've, I've done lots of medicine work never really felt this sensation before for a moment i didn't think i was going to be all right i, I was thinking no, no 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 i'm not no no this isn't good i'm not going to a good place here what's what's happening i'm starting to get a little bit and all of a sudden this explosion into this world that i've i've had glimpses of it but this no, was I, I was engrossed in a, in a world beyond my understanding. This place was familiar, but unfamiliar all at once. And it was, uh, that was the world of ayahuasca, which was a uh, different, different realm. Of dimensions. Yeah. Yeah. It was just mind boggling. And I remember just being absolutely strapped to my bed. Oh, yeah. And the sensations that were going through my body. So then what happened? I started to feel this coming through my body. But also with the vision I had, there was these two like fans and they was going cleaning the cells on a molecular, on a molecular level. And so that the vision and the sensation that I was getting was working all at once. So what I could feel, I could see what was happening on a, on a molecular level. And it was, and then it was like, there was hands or something, whatever you, I don't know how you would describe it. Something was coming in my stomach. My stomach would go, and it would go, and then you'd feel like something else go, I was being pushed and pulled, and, and I'm only laying on a bed, no one's near me, and I, I'm being touched, and, and things all over me, and, and, and things are working on me, like there's a lot of stuff happening, and I'm just laying, and all I can really hear is the sound of my groaning, oh, oh, <laughs> as I'm being touched, and, oh, oh, and I'm uh, sort of observing it, but aware of and feeling it all at once. And 
completely engrossed in this place and and just like this is this is this is the moment this is the moment this is the moment this is the moment but then it starts to get a little bit overwhelming and i'm like I'm trying to move but i can't i'm stuck on the bed and i'm like hang on a minute no i don't like this i'm like pull myself up sort of thing and now i've sat i'm often really really sick so i've got my bucket and i let rip that was it so then the third, we only did three ceremonies on this trip the third one i'm thinking now because of the last one so we had a rest in between we had one day off last ceremony i'm thinking to myself god knows what this is going to be like based on what's just happened but it wasn't it was the same medicine same environment you know like i took it started to have some really strange thoughts like where's my phone charger where you know bizarre weird things i mean the like when of, was mum having for dinner yeah <laughs> Just, just, like, just in the middle of the bar and in the Alaska ceremony, like going, your mum's having for dinner. <laughs> just not relevant. No. <laughs> not relevant and bizarre. And uh, <laughs> that was exactly it. So, like, you started to have a few of them weird thoughts. And then you're like, where did that come from? So now I'm starting to think, oh, here we go again. And it stops. And so I find it quite uncomfortable sometimes to be sat upright for a long period of time, like, particularly in my lower back. But I, I was just completely locked in and it was like that, you know, everything just aligned. And I just sat and I sat solid for four hours, did not move. Just like, and it, the only way I could describe it, it was like being like a tree. It was, it was grounded, rooted. I exist. I'm here. I don't need to move. I'm absolutely comfortable just existing. There, there are no thoughts that are disturbing me. No feelings that are disturbing me. I'm in this position. My body's not uncomfortable. I'm completely present, completely grounded, completely content. And I remained in that state for about four hours. And so they sung their songs and all the rest of it. And I, and I didn't even feel like I was going to be sick. And then right at the end of the ceremony, it come a really big sick, but completely locked in. And that was the end of that trip. And, uh, and by the way, they did feed us, so they fed us. Yeah. When we started, <laughs> for that, yeah. when we started the ayahuasca ceremony, they they feed us, but only very light. But it was like rice with an egg on it. And I tell you what, that beautiful. It was more than beautiful. Yeah, you more actually get start to appreciate, and things are taken away from you. Appreciate just uh, the just basics, just egg, like just to just to see an egg. Yeah. Oh, I can't tell you. Yeah. I can't tell you. <laughs> because we knew that we was getting food again the next day like we were like little uh dogs up there begging for a, an egg please sir, give us an egg give yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck, <laughs> incredible so that was the last trip and uh yeah I've come so back you, so you come back and now you've had this major experience what how did that affect your life here here in the uk and how has that affected your your healing work in this area well you know this this work is is everlasting, never ending, and, yeah. and 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 there are so many avenues of self discovery to go down, and so that I find that every time I I start to encounter a difficult moment now in 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 life, in my emotional ways and and, and feelings and whatnot, um, it's presenting uh, a new realization. It's presenting a new lesson to me, mm-hmm. and and so that essentially was was. So you're actually embracing them now, for sure. But you know what it is, at, at times, you're kind of delusional to yourself in some areas until until it all becomes apparent. And so that, and even still, there's aspects of myself 
that I'm unaware of or that I don't understand. I, I, I certainly don't know it all, you know, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm fully aware of that. And I know that I'm open to the idea that I might be wrong in, in a lot of what yeah. I'm saying. And I'm open to the idea that, um, you know, so, so when I went to Peru, I had a couple of big life choices being presented to me. And rather than just acting upon them, just open to the idea that, you know what, there might be something inside of me that is uh, needing attention and, 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 and there's something going on inside of me because, you know, it, it's easy for me to look outside of myself and say, you know, I don't want my business no more or I don't want this relationship no more rather than look at what, why am I uncomfortable in these scenarios? And so that was kind of what happened. And, um, what I was able to see from this particular trip is that, and it's a trait that's actually carried from, from, <laughs> sorry, my mum and uh in advance and uh it's a it's a it's a people pleasing thing you know we go above and beyond to do things for others and then feel quite disappointed and upset when we didn't get the gratification or uh yeah or, or you know we didn't get um the desired outcome from from going above and beyond and so that what i what i've been doing in my life and particularly in the, in in my relationships is doing that creating situations and scenarios um, which eventually left me feeling resentful and, and like uh, hard done by in some way, you know, but they were situations that I created um, and that comes from an emptiness within, you know, so there's a, there's an empty part of me that wants to uh, create, and I, I use my work as an example or, or relationship as an example, creating uh, sort of dependencies on me. You know, it's all right, I'll, I'll do it, I'll okay. do this, I'll That's do that. It. But then but then, sort of uh, resenting the individuals in question. But it was never nothing to do with them. It started with me and it ended with me. And the only person who got upset in all of it was me. So it was, uh, it, was a, it was a self-discovery in that respect that I remained open to the idea, although I wanted to scream and shout and, and kick and all the rest of it. Right, let's kind of have a bit of time where I can have a good, yeah. good look at this. And so that when it was only right at the end of the trip, did it all go. And I was like, you know what? I create each individual moment, which eventually leads me feeling this way. So this I. This is good for people listening to because everyone yeah. kind of do their own thing. Yeah. And we're all creating our own reality. We're all creating when we have negative thoughts. And we keep going over the same negative thoughts, uh-huh. we can only get a negative outcome. Uh-huh. So we've got to change our pattern. We've got, to, sure. we've got to change our thinking to get that positive outcome, the one we want, the solution we want. That's definitely it. And, and you know, and life is just a, a series of choices and decisions. And, you know, we might make a choice, for example, a choice that we made five years ago might only be impacting us in a negative way now. You know, so but, but because there's such a length of time between now and that choice that we made, we uh, we can't associate or we can't bring that awareness. Like, I did, how did I create this? But you forgot that a choice that you made all that time ago has led to this moment. Mm-hmm. You know, so and that's what happens. We make a series of choices and decisions, which in some cases lead us to positive outcomes and some to negative. But generally, when we hit a negative uh outcome we don't want to take uh, responsibility for it or we yeah. don't want to take we don't want to be accountable for that it's not our fault but you know if you really really look at everything that's taking place in your life or the situation you currently find yourself in which you don't like you did choose it 
I guarantee it. I guarantee it. You chose it, you know. So there's nothing, uh, nothing, nothing wrong in 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 going back. And that's what you've got to do is account for that choice that you made. Put your hands up. I created this. Yeah. You can just make a new choice now. Get get back to where you want to be. Yes. So last question. <laughs> this is yeah. a great podcast, that's for sure. Um, so what's your intentions with your healing and what you want to do um, for the planet? Yeah, so it's yeah, I've got such such big and beautiful dreams and I know that they're shared with with, with all of those that are that are currently around. Uh, me and us and, and uh, my intentions moving forward I've learned a lot uh, and I'm, I'm, I've been humbled so profoundly by what's taken place my vision is to is to just bring us together uh, to, to form the family that we are you know um, it's not about me telling anyone what to do or what they, you know, telling anyone what they should do, but it's about obviously presenting a story, which is what we're doing now, and just making some suggestions to what to what you 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 can do if 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 you would like to to embark on that path, and you know, breaking all the belief systems down that, that we all carry that, that separates us, whether it be you know, color of our skin, maybe you know that this person's gay or what, you know, it's it's really they're just ideas that create separation i think just to blow away all of that and to create a family which is we're well on the way to that we've got a we've got a good hundred of us now which which and we call each other family that's going to keep growing and growing and growing so to build upon what we've already created is is for sure an intention um and to flourish in what we're doing and and to I mean, for me, I take it very seriously. It's not a joke for me. It's yeah. serious work. It's the most important thing in my life. And I, and I take pride in what I do. I want to do it to the best of my ability. I want to... Uh, yeah, I just I just want to see us all grow and, sh- and shine uh, together. And, and that's the beautiful part of it is, there's, uh, you know, if, if we can all get ourselves to a standard, of, uh, of well-being of what's possible at that point when we've mm-hmm. got 500 of us a thousand of us a million of us yeah, now remember we've all got the same a collective comes together with the same intention <gasps> it, the power of that is well if you get yeah, i mean even two one, one of you is a powerful dude two of you is twice as powerful but i mean when you're talking about humanity aligning it it, it, it I, I it's i can't even fathom what what that may look like but the uh, what I've seen so far, I think it's just to continue the work that we that we've already done, and and I kind of I don't have to really do much, and we don't really have to do much. It's happening, yeah. you know. So it's about just getting up, going with the flow, looking after yourself is the most important part of it. Not depleting yourself, trying to give too much to others. Um, so that's that's a part of my process. It's been a part of my process as well because you go hammer and tongue when you first get this stuff and you want to give it to the world and you tie yourself out and all the rest of it and then you start to understand that you need to look after yourself in order to give the maximum to others. There's just so much learning. Yeah, so much learning. Yeah, you're, you're on a great path. Yeah. And it's going to be a, a great journey. I'm looking yeah. forward to doing 
involved with yeah, yeah. so am I so if people want to um, want to get healing from you and come be in your space and whatever yeah. how would they do that so is, um, it, is it just purely a private thing that you do or is it is it open for people it, to come it, it really depends look uh, it's open to the world it's open to the world and it's not um, there's no preference on individual that you know anybody can come through our door but as long as they have got uh as long as they want this, you know, and that their intention is aligned with ours. Um, that's all that's required is that you want to grow and that you want to, you know, you want to find your heart, really. Um, you could you can contact us via uh, Facebook. We've got a, a page at Orim Horus, which is the golden sun god. It's the representation in Latin. And Horus is obviously the sun god and the, the Orim is the golden. Yeah, I'll put a link in the, in the video. That would be cool. Yeah. So you can contact us via that page, which is on Facebook. We've also got a website, which is www.orimhorus.com. Um, got all sorts of things happening, shop, and you can book for various different types of treatments mm -hmm. and, and stuff. Yeah, this house is, is is open to all people, and that was that was always the, the purpose yeah, of it, is to be shared with everybody, you know? And so, oh, yeah. Amazing. I'm sure you can have, hopefully get some, uh, people come through the door, we can help them and yeah. get them on their, their journey to becoming and living a better life and yeah, yeah, yeah. overcoming what they might be going through as well. Uh -huh. so, absolutely perfect. Del, yeah, thank you. Thank you man. Absolutely. Thank you. Pleasure doing thank this. You. And guys, hope you enjoyed this. I hope you get some value from it. Uh, but do remember as well, ayahuasca and everything we're talking about is, is illegal in uh, many, many countries and obviously going over to Peru and the jungle where it's all being made and it's not where it is actual legal. So, but do your own research. If you're saying you're interested in, please do reach out. We'd love to answer your questions for you. Yeah, um, and hopefully, please come and have some healing with this man and Jenna and this beautiful girlfriend because they're very special and they're doing a great job. They yeah, really are. So, thank you very much. You. And guys, this is over at podcast series two, episode two. Over and out. See you soon. Bye-bye.